Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quick I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Radio show, program, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Thursday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam P. Talking New York sports nice. No big deal. It's episode number 131. 31 for, uh, for Dave Winfield, maybe. Maybe we'll do that. Because we have a very special show tonight. Very special show. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of sports going on. So we're going to talk uh, sports. No big whoop. All right? We have a Yankee blogger on the show tonight. Let's not make a big deal out of it, okay? Let's not, you know, let's not all get into a hysterics because we have a Yankee blogger on it. See, you know, we're an equal opportunity podcast. Let's not get crazy. We're going to talk Yankee baseball nice with Stacy Gatsoulias. I was so excited to get to the last name, I blew the first name. She writes for a, a, a great Yankee blog called It's About the Money, Stupid. I love the name of that blog. And uh, that's, of course, on the SNY.TV network of blogs. She is one of the co-editors-in-chief. Stacy is going to join us in a couple of minutes to talk about the Yankees, talk about Mo announcing his retirement, Mark Teixeira, injured, Grandy out, Guardy in, Mo, DJ, a-Rod, there's a lot of nicknames. Robbie, we're going to talk about the Yankees. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. She's she's really cool. She uh, she definitely seems up to being our first Yankee blogger that we have on the show. Official Yankee blogger. We've had other Yankee fans on the show. Let's not get crazy. All right? So, uh, before she comes on, let's bring in the co-host. Fresh, off an engagement at the club. Kel. There's milk coming out of your nose. In Tacoma, Washington, which is a great comedy club. Cal Stradamus. It is a great comedy club. There's milk coming out of your nose. Dot com. Uh, here he is. <laughs> he killed there. Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino. Caliente. Hello, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's been 10 days since we did a show. Feels like 10 years. You feel rusty? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. 
shaking it off, but I'm how, okay. How was your 10 days? I was in Texas. What were Long you doing? Time. I was not in Texas. What have you done with yourself? Wishing I was in Texas. Did you get a haircut nice? Uh, more than 10 days ago. Thanks for <laughs> noticing. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I'm sorry. That's I apologize. Awesome. Hey. I, 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 you, you look great. Thanks. I want to hear about Texas, though, because you were sending us messages about the, 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 the Mexican food that you were eating. Yes. And uh, tell us more. Tell me more, please. We'll talk, we'll talk more about my, uh, my trip to Austin because it was a weird trip because I was there half for work. So I was there on a sales retreat for work, but also Teresa and Wesley came along and they went and then it turned into a family visit. So it was a weird deal. Hybrid. I'm sorry? Hybrid? Was it a hybrid it trip? It was a hybrid trip. It was. All right. It was good on gas. Uh, no, it was a great trip. We had, we had a really nice time. But it was weird to be out in downtown Austin without Teresa. Like that she's associated with the city. Like I was down on, you know, the 6th Street. I'm like, where where are you? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I have no cultural mooring here. <laughs> I'm just alone in Austin. I'll tell you about Austin later, though, because I, I got to go to a uh, the east side. Cause I got I got to meet up with Teresa's cousin, who's a young younger guy. Uh huh. Hip Cal. Hip. Hey, he's one of the hip kids. That's uh, Austin is known for that these days, right? It is, and uh, I met up with him on Thursday night or whatever after being out on Sixth Street with my company. And I went and met him, and he said, uh, he said, "Yep, for." Maybe hitting another, another part of town. I said, you know, I'm game. Whatever you got, you know. He's 27 years old. He went to UT. He lives in UT. He's a musician, or he lives in Austin. He's a musician. He's like super cool, and you know, I used to be that. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm down. So he goes, well, uh, y'all were hanging out in Manhattan. I'm gonna take you to Brooklyn. <laughs> Meaning we were hanging out in the popular part of town. I see. He was going to take me to the hip part of town. Okay. Y'all, y'all were just in Manhattan. We're, we're going to Brooklyn. And uh, went to this bar on East 6th. East 6th? Like I told Teresa about it the next day. She's like, I've never even been there. <laughs> She's like, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't go there. Uh, it's sort of like Williamsburg. There were so many parts of Williamsburg and Brooklyn that, you you know, when I moved there 15 years ago, you didn't go there unless you were scoring smack. That was which means you didn't go there. That's correct, which was never on my agenda. You didn't go, uh, you know, south of Grand, which sounds like a Billy Joel song somehow. But um, and so we went to this bar on the, on the in East Austin, and Cal, it was Williamsburg with a cowboy hat on. No kidding. They out hipstered Williamsburg. Wow, it was, mag- it was magnificent. I took a picture of the bike rack out front, uh-huh. with all the ironic Schwins. Oh, perfect. Lined up. And uh, it was unbelievable. It really was. How many canvas duffel bags were no, around? No, on... no, no, no. These, they do it right. Oh, not like that. They do it right. They really, they have the, you know, it was Williamsburg. Like with the the hipster, all the ironic mustaches and facial hair. And, oh. you know, the guy in the overalls uh, walking his dogs in the back of the outside of the bar. Nothing to it. Having a drink. You know. Why not? It was, it was, it was all the uh, hipsterism of Williamsburg without the trust funds, so it was kind of nice. Oh, so more earthy. Yeah, I didn't feel judged immediately. Good. 
I stood out like a sore thumb. I, I was just going to ask you, do you down there? I did because I wore like a nice shirt out. You know, like I wore like a button down out. Had I known that I was going to this area, I would have worn something cool. Is it maybe? This- I, maybe I would have shaved in a mustache. I don't know. I had time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a like a really good like Deadwood Western sort of thing. Right. I could have done that. It would have fit right in, but I could have done that. Um, but it was it was. I tell you what, it was super cool. Um, it was it was it was super cool. Well, good. We we we'll talk about it more later. But uh, right now, let's. Uh, the guest is here. The guest has arrived. Well, good. Did you did you put out the snacks? I did. I did. did you make the reserves? I cleaned up. I got apps. What did you? <laughs> did you get pigs in a blanket? Nice. It did. Little mozzarella sticks. I think our first question for Stacy is going to be like, "What is she like in an appetizer?" Like, if one of her friends is having a party, what do they put out? Nice. A little bruschetta. Little bruschetta. All right. I have special theme music. She is one of the co-editors-in-chief of It's About the Money Stupid, a Yankee blog that's on the SNY.TV Netflix blog. Boy, this is a really radio intro. Which you said we don't do. Which that's, I, oh, oh, what is that? That's this, what is this, Stephen J. Canal? It's tag. It is the tag. I didn't think it'd be there. Hi, Stacy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us. I am Sam Pete. Uh, over there is Cal. Say hi, Cal. Hi, Stacy. Hello, how are you? I'm good. We're doing great. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on with us tonight to talk about the Yankees a little bit. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff. Before we uh, get to that, you know why I use the Silver Spoons theme, yes? Yes. <laughs> Please tell Cal. I didn't tell Cal. Please tell Cal why I use the Silver Spoons theme. Oh, wait. Do I know? I don't know. Was it because of how old I am? No, no, no. <laughs> if we're doing that to you, we're going to play like <laughs> We're going to destroy <laughs> ourselves. And then I have a silver spoon in my mouth? No, but that's what Calvi guessed. I okay. thought as a Yankee fan. <laughs> no. I'm, and I'm, I'm upset to see. Now we're starting. I'm upset that you would say that. No, it's because you have a picture of the reunion on your Twitter feed. Oh, I did. That's right. I did. Yes, because I'm an 80s kid, so I watched all that stuff. Uh, now, before we get to the Yankee stuff, we were just talking about appetizers here. If you're yeah. having, we're having a party night. What are you putting out? What do you like to see out? I, you're gonna die because I just I if there's a, a bowl of potato chips in front of me, I'm perfectly content with that. I don't need anything fancy. I don't even need anything cooked as long as there's a bag um, a bowl of potato chips. I'm a happy girl. How about dip? Uh Sometimes I'm one of we those are, weirdos where I like I I don't necessarily need condiments or dips or anything like that. I like things dry. I'd have to be in the mood, but I guess really something yeah something maybe something ranchy or French oniony. Okay, I guess with potato chips. Because that was my follow up question. I'm a flavored chip guy. My wife is not. Ah. She's like a straight up chip guy, and we've had to really change the chip buying. <laughs> situation since we've been together because I never gave a second thought to buying the onion and garlic, your sour cream and onion, uh, your barbecue, etc. Your classics. Right, uh, right. Now she she's like a salt and vinegar uh, type person. Eh, 
I have to think twice now when I do that, if there's a flavor involved at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm mm, – I like the um, – is it – is it the cheddar and, oh, what is it? Cheddar and sour cream? There's some sort of other combo yeah. with sour cream that's pretty good that isn't sour cream and onion. It's something else. It's cheddar and sour cream. Yeah, that one. I like those. Those are good. I'm a bit of a connoisseur. I just, I'm just, I, some may say I have a problem. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So uh, Stacy once again writes for this great book. It's about the money, stupid. Now call me stupid, but the name. Should I? Do I need to be a Yankee fan to know why it's called? It's about the money, stupid. Cal, do you know this? Am I? I have no idea. Okay. And okay. I'm, okay, well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's it's not meant to insult the readers. Like <laughs> no. Like they're telling no. you're stupid. I don't think it's that though. No, no, but it's about. The Yankees and the money and how it's always discussed by everyone. Because uh, anytime, like anytime you talk about the Yankees, it's always about the money. Right. So right? you guys, you guys take it head on. You're like, yeah, fine. It's about mm-hmm. the money. Stupid. Right. Yep. Although like today it was all about, it was all about the wrist. Stupid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the and the retirement. And the retirement, yes, yeah. that'll be but tomorrow, actually. But we don't, but we don't know for sure that that's what's being announced on Saturday, do we? Well, that's true. I mean, you know, he could be announcing. I, I don't <laughs> know what he could be announcing for, for mayor of New York. Maybe. Dude, he'd win. He, be, <laughs> he yeah. would win hands down. Yeah, um, I'd I'm for, I don't know for Mo. Just because I don't know, I. I really think that he had 2012 in his mind as his last season, and because of what happened with the knee, that went out the window, and he wasn't going to retire because of what happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I think he really thought last season was going to be the last season for him, but because of that injury, it had to be pushed back to this year. And I think yeah. if he does come back, I mean, come back, come out on um, Saturday and announce it, you know, maybe he'll get like a uh, Chipper Jones send off and get goofy gifts from different stadiums across the country, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, well, of course, the Mets will give him something. We can't wait to give stuff away to people that beat the crap out of us. We can't wait. Well, I mean, the Mets gave him his first career RBI and his 500 saves, so that yeah. was cool. And we stopped the game, too, because. Yeah. Yeah, good job, everybody. We stopped the game and, and honored him. This was like years ago. You're probably a Giant fan too, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. I'm 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 Yankee, Giants, Knicks, and Rangers. Rangers. Right. So your your Rangers just beat our Islanders, so we can we can. I just it. thought a yes. Yeah. Yes. Just um, before you guys went on the air. <laughs> right. We were, we were watching. Um, yeah. But uh, this reminds me of years ago, honestly, with the with the Jets, with um, I, I guess it was Tim Brown. This is years ago. But Tim mm-hmm. Brown, they were playing the Raiders, and Tim Brown broke some like kind of record or whatever. I guess it was mm-hmm. for receptions by a Raider, or, I don't know, convictions, I don't know, something. And <laughs> they that, that's terrible. Tim Brown was a very respectable player, very good player. Um, but they stopped the game, like the Jet game, for like 35 minutes. Wow. <laughs> it was like in the middle of like the fourth quarter. The Jets were up like three points or something. They were, obviously, the Raiders had the ball and they were sort of driving, but the Jets were trying to get a stop and they stopped the game for. They brought his mother out on the field. It was like yeah, 35, a, 35 minutes. That's a tad excessive. 
Yeah, next play from scrimmage, by the way. Touchdown, Jerry Rice. I mean, they didn't even stop the game that long when Jeter hit his 3,000th, and that happened at Yankee Stadium. So that's... <laughs> I know. That's really weird. <laughs> uh, and I, w- I was, you were saying that you were at uh, Dickey's, uh, R.A. Dickey's uh, 20th win. You were at, yes. uh, at City Field for that, which is uh, good on you. Good job. And I was at, I was trying to think of milestones if I have any, because I've been to a million Yankee games. Well, not a million. Mm-hmm. I've been to a number of Yankee games over the, over the course of my life. And uh, I was there for Roger Clemens' 5,000 strikeout against the I want to say it was an interleague game against the Cardinals. It was an interleague, yeah. Yeah, was. I was I was at that game, and I'm going to say this proudly, Stacy. <laughs> and it was not because he was a Yankee; it was because it was Roger Clemens. <laughs> I I did not stand up and applaud. Well, can I tell you a time that I didn't stand up and applaud <laughs> for Roger Clemens? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when Joe Torre first came back for Old Timers Day two years was it two years ago or was it three years ago now? Um, three. People, everyone around me stood up, and I didn't. <laughs> you, you, you chose not to run. Why? I was like, nope. I didn't appreciate Four certain things that he did after uh, he left the book. I like it. And I like book. I, book, that's true. I didn't, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. So, I mean, I clapped for him, but everyone else was standing and woo, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, any other, honestly, any other Yankee, literally, any other Yankee, I would have been absolutely on my feet and applauding. Applauding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was, it was, yeah. No, it is. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not happy with Roger Clemens either. Ask me yeah. one, seriously. Jorge Posada. Yeah. No, Jorge oh. Posada, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't, I, I mean, look, <laughs> Georgie, I love Georgie. No, no, I wouldn't, have, but that, that's a milestone, Cal. It was 5,000 strikeouts. Was it 5,000 strikeouts or 300 wins? No, I don't uh, think it was 300 wins. No, I think it was 300 wins. It was? Right? Mm-hmm. I no, think it was. No, because it was in game. Yeah, and well, they beat the Cardinals. But I'm saying it was yeah. the strike. Maybe he got it the same game? Is that possible? I think it was the same game. Wait a minute. 2003? I can look that up because it because was June was, of 2003, June, if I'm not mistaken. June, June 13th, 2003. I think both things happened. They did because the the standing O was in game. Obviously, he was. It was right. during. It was after the strikeout. Just as a real quick aside, of, yeah. and the reason why I remember that date. Yeah, you just fired that off from the top of your head, by the way. Well, that that was that was the night that my wife went into labor with uh-huh. my first daughter, and I thought she's complaining of stomach pains. I thought she was upset about Roger Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out she was having a baby. Go figure. Right. And so was Roger it's, Clemens. This is his, his 4,000th strikeout. 4,000. Okay. And, and 300th win. I popped him 1,000 strikeouts there. In the same night. Yeah. Yep. In the same night. Same, in the same game. Yeah. Same game. Yep. Insane. So, all right. Let's get to the current Yankees. Let's get to the uh, uh, the meat of to the, the conversation. Yeah, to the <laughs> Right. To the mash unit. Now, let's start with – let's start with – I want to start with Granderson. I, I want to okay. get your opinion about – uh, that and how, you know, look, he's he's in a contract year, Curtis Granderson. Uh, how does this affect him going forward with the team? And then that outfield starts to look awfully hodgepodge. That's I'm going to use that. Um, you know, without him there, so where do you think they go in the outfield? Uh, well, I guess they would keep 
Gardner in center until Granderson comes back. Yeah. Ichiro could play either left or right, depending on the day, I guess. And then, you know, we have those barn burner guys like Matt <laughs> Diaz and right. can even throw, like, Juan Rivera out there if we were really desperate. Right. Because <laughs> this, is, this is six weeks we're talking about, and this is, you know, maybe 20 home runs for those six weeks. And I, right. I think, you know, coming on uh, at the, in the first spring training game and breaking his arm like that or whatever. Five like pitches. It was five <laughs> pitches into the first spring training game. I want to put a hit on J.A. Happ. I want yes. to kill him. He's, he's, wow. We're no big fans of his, so don't worry that about it. jerk. He, he used to pitch for the Phillies, so we're not huge fans I'm, of his. But. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't want to put I, Forgive me, I would not want to put a hit out on anyone. But, right. yeah, five pitches in. I mean, you know, we knew that everything, that this year was going to be a transition year, that, you know, we were thin at pretty much every position. We lost a lot of power, losing some of the guys that we lost to free agency and to sheer stupidity by not finding them back, like <clears throat> Russell Martin. But it, Well, that's the one that gets everybody, right, because it do, there doesn't seem to be a reason for them to lose there's out. No the reason, there's no reason yeah. for it. I'm yeah. still scratching my head at that one. Yeah. But the whole Granson thing, I mean, you know, you're like, okay, he's going to miss this many weeks and we can deal with it. And then Tex, Texas Wrist decides to pop. Mm-hmm. Pop is never <laughs> good. Like, I know because I can't remember who it was. Um, one of the beat reporters said that Cashman mentioned that it was similar to Jose Bautista's wrist mm-hmm. injury from last year, which was bad because he kept trying to come back and then going back on the DL and then come back and then go back on the DL and then finally had surgery. So, yeah, no, that's I not don't know. great. Yankee-shaped voodoo doll needs to stop because we were it already. You know, we're only into March, and I already want to just punt the season. <laughs> now, uh, and, I never, and I never feel that way, and I'm just like, really. <laughs> What the, uh, yes. Yeah, right. The the it, it really has been a lot of bad luck, and it started with A-Rod. I mean, everybody yeah. sort of forgets that it, it started with A-Rod. But a, a follow-up to something you said, and I wanted to ask you this, um, because you said it. Is, is, is that a realistic – no, that's wrong. Let me rephrase it. You said that a transition year. You used the phrase a transition year. And yeah, going from going from like a power team to being more yes. of a small ball team because you know they've Absolutely. lost a number of power hits. That's kind of what I meant because next yeah. year will probably be the real transition year when the payroll is knocked down. Right, but it was. But I think I think from the from the uh, the guys that they brought back from the lineup that they were putting out there from what they were relying on as far as the arms uh, in the starting rotation and and trying to have less less emphasis on. Uh, hitting home runs, which, by the way, just F, but just from my point of view, home runs are never bad, ever. You can never hit right. too many home runs. People ever. always made it seem like it was a bad thing last season. Yeah. I mean, yes, just, they showed that they couldn't hit in the postseason, and they just decided to have a bad two weeks at the absolute wrong time. But during the season, it just it was amusing to me that every time, oh, the Yankees hit another five home runs today because it's really terrible that they did that. I'm like, yeah, you know, because it helped them win. I mean, yeah. I, 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 we made the argument for a long time on this show about the idea that there's a difference between 
you they hit too many home runs and being reliant on the home run. Right. In the sense, in the sense that in the postseason, obviously the pitching improves, and obviously you're not going to get those home runs out of sort of the you know secondary guys like the Andrew Jones and the stuff and and, and guys like that. But your big guys will hit. They will either right. hit, or they won't hit. So you can't right. you you can be too reliant on a home run in the sense that you can't generate a run when you need one against a great pitcher. That mm-hmm. that I totally agree with. But hitting too many home runs during the regular season, there's no such thing. It's just not. But my my question was more in a sense of does the does the Yankee fan and and of course you who write about the team and stuff do you do you see the transition do you see this as a transition year do you see that uh, perhaps the age on the team is catching up to them and and some changes had to be made before the injuries. I don't know about – see, the age thing is tricky because, you know, Granderson and Teixeira aren't – well, I guess in baseball years they're kind of old because they're over 30. But right. it's not like they're two thirty-eight and 39 – like it's a 38 and 39-year-old trying to come back from these injuries that they have. Like those were just – like Granderson was a fluke thing. He got hit with a pitch and broke his forearm. I mean – Totally. Could be really, yeah, no, totally. You didn't really see that coming. Um, I think what's going to be interesting to see uh, would be Jeter coming back from the ankle, which he was just cleared to be able to finally run at full speed. So we'll see how that happens. And I can't really call him old because he's only two months older than me. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see how – I think it's more – I'm more interested in the pitching just because we're going to be so reliant on I say we like I'm part of the team. Um, The team is going to be so reliant on the pitching. I'm interested to see how Kuroda does in year two because people didn't expect him to do as well as he did last year. Everyone was expecting, oh, he's going into the AL East. He's going to be bombed. And he was their ace last year. Yep. And he's 38. Yes. He is 38 too. So there's some age concerns there too. You know, you have Pettit, who's 40. And, I mean, people, you know, the thing with Pettit that always cracks me up, uh, people will bring up what happened last year. And, by the way, I was at that game where Casey Koshman broke Pettit's leg. That was a fun oh, time. Oh, yeah. And, and it was also it was the same day that CeCe was put on the DL, which was bad enough. And then what ha- was really funny, I was taking a drink and I just happened to look down and look up and I see Pettit kind of hopping off the mound. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And... <laughs> I had no idea. And then they walk him off, and I was checking my Twitter feed, like the Twitter addict that I am, mm-hmm. for the rest of the game. And as soon as I saw the word fracture, I yeah. yelled out a not-so-very-nice word, and everyone in my section heard me, and they all asked me what happened. When I told them, they all just looked like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, man. Yeah. And the thing about the Pettit thing, like people will bring him up in relation to the oh the Yankees are too old, they're always injured. I mean, that was another freak thing too. Right. It, it he was. wasn't injured because he slipped off the mound and pulled something. Someone hit him with a ball and it just happened to hit him in a really bad spot and break his fibula, I think it was. Yeah. So that always cracks me yeah, up. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't break his hip falling off the mound. No. Exactly. <laughs> or you know, skipping out of the dugout or something like that. Right. So Stacy, what are they going to do at first base right now with with Teixeira uh, out? Yeah, let's let's talk let's talk turkey. What what goes you know, on you with You know who's been really great as our 
you know, for an outfielder, first baseman, Nick Swisher. <laughs> I remember him. Didn't you guys remember him? him? Yeah. <laughs> He 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 definitely bros it down. <laughs> yes, he is a dude bro. He's a big he one. Is, he is a lax bro, lax bro. Yeah, yeah. There, I, uh, I I I said to my friend, uh, I have a real good buddy who's a huge Indians fan, and he's mm-hmm. been in, uh, he's been in India. He's a little a bit of an older guy, you know. He's in his early sixties or whatever. Not that that's old, but I'm saying he's been watching the Indians for a hundred years. And right. he was like, I was like, uh, he's like, hey, we signed Swisher. Like he was all excited. I'm like, bro. Bro, you gotta calm down, bro. All right. <laughs> he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I'm like, "You'll find out." Just he's, he's exhausting. The first that's right. The, the best quote we ever we talked about it. Remember when that article was it? SI Cal. Yeah, last week. SI article came out about you know guys that you wouldn't like want to play with or whatever, and and they they sort of threw Swisher under the bus. And the one guy, anonymous guy's quote was, "He's exhausting." Yes. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I hey look. On the on the on the field, it's fine. Yeah, you, you they should have signed him back. Not at that money, but they should have signed no, him. No, not at, definitely not at that money. But I agree with you, you know, on that. I I could see hanging out with that guy and be like, if you call me bro one more time, I am going to lose a shoe. So far, up the no, but I I can see that getting on your nerves. Oh yeah. But he he, he he turned out to be awfully sensitive. Well, when the oh, yeah, at the end, end. yeah. yeah. I mean, when the but when you know the, the sort of the first sign of adversity there when the fans turned on him, he, he I don't think he wanted to come back. Yeah, but after a right. couple of years, when the fans realized he he doesn't hit in the playoffs. Yes, well, there's that problem. You know, you could only be so cool. Yeah, right. and you, you know, and once you realize you're not Paul O'Neill, like you know, and you're not going to be clutch at the most clutch time. Right. You know, I, I think the fans had every. Right to turn on him. I mean, he was he was awful for. I think they were. I think they were more patient with him than they could have been. Yep, I agree. I think he got he got more. He was cut more slack. I think than a lot of guys would have been. Because he had built up all that that good you know all that good uh, juju as it were. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that they will go outside the organization? Do you think that they will try to fill from within? And then I have a name for you. Uh oh. Go ahead. No, no, tell me what you tell me what you think they're gonna do. What are you What are you hearing too from you know I'm other thinking, bloggers and stuff? You know, ah, from what I'm hearing, they're gonna try and fill it from within. Maybe have this is I can't even believe I'm saying this. Um, Dan Johnson and Juan yeah. Rivera. <laughs> Ooh, I guess at least with first base. I mean, you've seen some of the guys who have played first base, like um, Jason Giambi, who aren't. Right the most fleet of foot. So we could deal with having someone like Juan Rivera standing like a statue at first base for the first month of the season. I think it's just because we don't have A-Rod, although we have Eucalyptus in his place, but who knows with him, he could step on something and break something. You know, so we don't have A-Rod, don't have Granderson, don't have Teixeira. I want them to wrap Cano in bubble wrap while he's playing in the WBC because I'm afraid that something's going to happen. We just get him a I'm caddy also afraid at second base. What? <laughs> just get him a caddy at second base to like field everything. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, can just stand there. <laughs> I was I was joking on the blog the other day. I said, you know, what's going to happen next? Is Brett Gardner going to try and field the ball in center field and a sinkhole is going to open up since they're in Florida and just swallow right. him whole or maybe an alligator will come out of nowhere and chomp on someone's <laughs> leg? I mean, 
It's going to be like Naked Gun. Like, it's just an alligator is just going to come out of the center field wall and just yeah. eat bread. Or a tiger is going to come out and someone <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just maul him. Do you think that uh, – here's – I it didn't. I listened to Cashman the other day on with Francesa. I listened to him on uh, – and then he was on uh, ESPN with that guy that I uh, – whose name I won't say because I can't stand him. Um, Wait, who? Give me initials. Oh, MK. MK, MK. Oh, yeah. No, we, I don't speak about or two. We got no one who like I don't really like him either, so don't even worry about it. Excellent. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no one should. He's he's just such a self promoter. It's very difficult. But anyway, you yeah. animal. You animal. Thank you, Cal. Um, Cal, Cal, does, Cal doesn't mean Michael K. But um, and he didn't sound like he was going to make a trade. I mean, I know right. you know Frances is beating the drum for Justin Morneau because they're just going to give him away apparently. Because uh, the twins probably won't want anything back. Um, right. I I I don't know if there's an outside. And of course, on FAN, they probably tried every, like the callers probably tried to every first baseman literally in Major League Baseball. I can't even listen to that. Yeah, no, I I I I try not to. I couldn't Count. be a sports radio host because I would just tell people they were idiots all the time and hang up on them. So. You know we we. It's funny you say that because when Brian and I started this show three years ago, over three years ago, it was really to to have like our own FAN show because we were such mm-hmm. big WFAN fans and stuff. And over the three years, as we've done the show, like we can't even listen anymore. I mean, it's yeah. rare that I – I mean, it's rare that I – I used to listen to WFAN to like go to sleep. I haven't listened to mm-hmm. it since I'm, since I'm like 14 years old or 15 years old when it first started. Yeah. And we can't listen anymore. I mean, I don't want to speak for Cal, but no, I know. Please. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we just don't listen anymore, and part of the reason is the callers. It's painful. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to we'll get to the Met Yankee thing later, but um, I have a I have a suggestion that I haven't heard. If we're just talking about trades, Cal, you're gonna love oh. this. You're gonna love this. Um, there's a there's a guy in the Mets uh, who would be a good fit. And his, and his name is Daniel Murphy. Oh God, no! Because no, 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 not for first base to play third oh. base, his natural position. Hmm. Um, and you can move Euclid to first. Euclid to then, first. And then when Teixeira comes back, Murphy becomes a very valuable bat. Uh, you know, as a DH, as a pinch hitter, he can play first if you need him in a in a in a pinch. He can play third because uh, you don't know if you're going to have a Rod for the rest of the year. And many people are hoping you don't. Yankee I know they are. But uh, I, I honestly thought Murphy was like a realistic, not a bad. And, of course, with the Mets, they have a second baseman, uh, second base prospect that they like a lot in Wilma Flores. Um, mm-hmm. They could play Jordani Valdespin there. They have a need in the outfield. Um, this this trade made a lot more sense before or if Curtis Granderson hadn't gotten hurt because you would have had an outfielder that was expendable uh, right. potentially. But what do you think? That's not bad, right? Doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's not terrible. And 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 after watching Murphy for the years that we've watched him, I, I, he's a real good hitter. He is a mm-hmm. damn good hitter. He is. I mean, he's going to hit you thirty doubles. He'll probably hit twenty home runs in that stadium. Right. Um. And he's a, he's a very passable third baseman, by the way. Very passable. Hmm. I, now, Cal, if we make that trade. Uh, and you're uh, Sandy Alderson. Who do we want back? For Daniel Murphy? Yeah. 
Jeez. So it's, it's got to be it's got to be a prospect. It's got to be an outfield prospect. Is I it an out, is it an outfield prospect or is it someone like Gardner? They would never oh, no. make that trade. God no. <laughs> Wait, well before we go on, I want Stacy had a very strong reaction to the first mention of Daniel Murphy's name. Like right away you were like, "No, absolutely not." <laughs> Oh, why? I don't know. See, is it because he's a Met? No, not at all. I think you were thinking I was. Uh, I was saying for first base. I wasn't. Right. Yeah, I think I think that gut reaction to me seemed like it was because I I mentioned him to play first base. That's how right. we would react too. That's how we would react as well. Yes. It has nothing to do with him being a Met. I'm not yeah. one of those Yankee fans. No. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's it. That's I, I honestly, that's not a bad fit. It would have to be the only reason I said Gardner, and I and I know that 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 the Yankees would never make that trade. But it would have to be somebody, an outfielder that was uh, sort of major league ready, and I don't think the or a prospect that was close to major league ready. Um, and I don't know if the Yankees have too many of those, do they? No, no, they're mostly. I would say the highest ready person maybe double A. Right. Can you yeah. tell me something about this Heathcott Slade kid? Oh, Slade Heathcott. Uh, is that a, is it Heathcott Slade or Slade Heathcott? It's Slade, Slade Heathcott. Heathcott. He's actually Zachary Slade Heathcott, but he's oh, known as Slade. Magnificent. <laughs> was he a president? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it, right? Was he an extra on Saved by the Bell? <laughs> he was. <laughs> Zachary Slade Heathcott. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. It would be funny if it was Zachary Slater, because then that would totally be Saved by the Bell. Oh, my. Zach Slater, he's got? Oh, my. Yeah. They, they call him Screech. Um, How yep. old is he at this point? Uh, seven years old. Okay. <laughs> Let me double check, because I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, he's, he's I think he's he, only he like 20 or 21, right? He was drafted in 2009. Okay. Oh. At, a, at a high school? I believe so. Hold on, let me double check this because I am. I will be the first to admit I am not that up on prospects. I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> um, that's a big difference between. That's another big difference between Met and Yankee fans, especially lately. Like the Met fan yeah. over the last, especially over the last three or four years, has become very knowledgeable about their farm system. See, very I was more knowledgeable. If you were to talk to me five, six, seven years ago. Right. I was more knowledgeable about the the system than I am now, which is really odd. I don't know why that is. Uh, he was born September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety. So he's twenty two. He's twenty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and it'd be just we hear, or you know, you hear uh, sort of nice things about the kid. He's on their top five uh, of their you know the prospects in the system and stuff. And he's a first baseman solely, or is he an outfielder? He's an outfielder, right? Is he an outfielder? Absolutely. Mhm. He la, la, la. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was an outfielder as well. But uh, either way, there doesn't field, seem, field. Okay, so there doesn't seem to be a ton in the system, though, that you could call upon to come up and play first base even for a month or or six weeks. Right. And uh, you know, I think there's. Well, you tell me. You're 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 the writer for the Yankees and stuff like that, or you write about the Yankees. Are you getting a sense of panic among? There's there's two groups of Yankee fans, right? There's Yankee fans like you who have been Yankee fans for a little while, 
and um, sort of have a, a better idea of what it's like to maybe have a losing team or a right. season or, you know, you went through the 80s, so you can remember yeah. what it's like to not win every year. Right. And then there's the, the younger Yankee fan who is accustomed to success. Do you find that yeah. there's there's panic at the disco here or, or what? Yes. And there's a, there's a big difference between, and I'm not quite sure what the age cutoff is, but when you're more my age, I'll be 39 in August. I'm not embarrassed to admit that. I'm one of those women who actually doesn't care about that stuff. Um, you know, like you said, I sat through the 80s. Not that they were terrible in the 80s. They just, with the way the divisions were, and, you know, there were a couple yeah. of second-place finishes, but... Yep. You know, nothing happened. And it, not that it was terrible. I mean, they did win a lot of games. They seemed to win every time I was there when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> and I didn't attend my first playoff game until 97 because I was still up in Oswego for 96. Right. So I missed I missed all that. And I yeah, was... There's a, there's a definite difference. There's a definite oh, yeah. difference between, you know, the, the 20 to 28-year-old Yankee fan or even... Oh, I'd yeah. say, you know, 20 to 30-year-old Yankee fan and then, mm-hmm. you know, the 35-plus Yankee-year-old Yankee fan. We say it all the time because we're the same age as you. Cal yeah. just turned 39 last week. I'll be 39 in May. And mm-hmm. um, our friends that are Yankee fans are great because they are, you know, realistic and rational. And they have gotten to a point where – what would you say Dan is, Cal? Our, our, we have a buddy, Dan, uh, our buddy Nello, who's a great Yankee fan, rooting for him all his life. But where's he at with the Yankees? Um, he's he's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. With the team, you know, he's been he's he's like you say he's been through he's seen the the early '90s Stump Merrill years, Ugh. you know, Ugh. and uh, so he you know he paid his dues. That's what I, I like. I like to think of it. Is paying your dues when when you stick with a bad team, I, and if you take yeah. if you take a kid a kid a, a, an adult who is now like let's say they're twenty five, mm-hmm. right? Nineteen ninety six is seventeen years ago, right? So this person was eight years old when the Yankees won their first championship. Chances are that that person doesn't know anything before that, right? Yeah. So they haven't they haven't suffered through any lean years. So the first sign of adversity feels like the end of the world for them. Yep. You know? Can I be honest? Part of me wants the Yankees to really tank just so we can call the fan base a little bit. Wow. <laughs> That's fair. Get rid of some of these people. Somebody rack that, by the way. That's one of the best Yankee fan statements I've ever heard. <laughs> but, it make, but it makes sense. It does make sense. Of course it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, and and also, I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, I I don't want them to do bad, but of it's, course not. It's not going to be the end of the world if they do. And like I said, like some of these people are just, ugh, I can't even take it. I have to talk so many people off the ledge sometimes. Like they just overreact to everything, and I'm like, seriously, try right. and be me. I lived through 1990, 91, 92. Well, 92 they weren't that terrible, but 1991 right. were pretty bad. Yeah. And you know, I lived through. You know, we were alive when the Yankees won in 77 and 78, but I don't remember much about them. My no. first, you know, playoff memory for the Yankees was going to bed crying because they lost to the Dodgers in 81. Okay. So that was my first playoff memory. And then you guys had your 86, 
Right. And well, we had the we had the very 80s. happy, by the way, for my Mets fan friends. I was Thanks. one of those, you know, nice Yankee fans where you know I danced to Let's Go Mets at my junior high dances <laughs> and everything because so you know, we. and my so did my home, so did we, Cal, so did Cal and I, unfortunately. Yeah, my 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 home my homeroom teacher in seventh grade had like the magic number countdown to the World Series championship. Like he drew like all these elaborate things on nice. our homeroom board. He was the hugest Mets fan, so I was happy for him. You know, well, so you, you, yeah, and you know what it's like when they own the city. The Mets did yeah. own the city in the eighties, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a lot of Yankee fans can't even, and it's and P.S. It's never going to happen again. But the, a lot of Yankee fans can't, not to that degree. Cal just gave me a look because we do the show on FaceTime. Cal just gave me a look <laughs> like he was like staring daggers at me. To that degree, Cal, it'll never happen again. Well, no, not not in this day and age. It yeah, can't. no, it just can't. But you, you, a lot of younger Yankee fans can't even realize that time, you know, right. or have no concept of what that might be like. No, not at all. No, well, for example, yesterday I heard somebody say that. Last year was a disgrace. It was a joke and a disgrace. <laughs> now they won ninety five games and made it ridiculous. And made it to the ALCS. Ninety five games. Ridiculous. And it was a disgrace. Ridiculous. So mm-hmm. if that was a disgrace, what was the mess season last year? Yeah. <laughs> There's not a word. It was an abomination. That's what um, I that's that's what drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. They made the ALCS. I mean, they didn't win a game, but they made it. But they, I mean, they no, lost they, DC, they lost Andy Pettit, they lost to Sheriff for a time, they lost, you know, and they still won 95 games. And you I know, know. What? Down the stretch in September, they played very well holding off Baltimore. Uh, played exactly. Well. And people don't see that. They, they see the playoffs. That. Like you guys were talking about Swisher, that's all you see is because he didn't hit in the playoffs. He hit during right. the regular season, and he did a lot to help them win all those games that they won in the four years that he was here. But exactly. all that Yankee fans care about is playoff performance. Yeah. And this is what bothers me about this. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant, and I apologize in advance. But the thing that bothers me about the younger fans who came into the fandom while the Yankees were winning in the 90s, all they remember are, like, Chino's grand slam against the Padres. They remember his home run against the Diamondbacks in 2001. If you look up Tina Martinez's playoff numbers, they aren't that good. Right. Actually, Alex Rodriguez is a better playoff hitter than Tina Martinez ever was. But How because Tina Martinez hits those <laughs> important home runs, right. and even though A-Rod pretty much carried the team on his back for two series before this World Series in 2009, that did nothing to erase anything from anyone's minds. And I always bring that up. I'm like, oh, you know, Tino had an offer. I think Tino and Jeter had offers in the 2001 World Series up until that game four. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I was at right. that game, by the way, and I permanently damaged my voice when Tino said home run. It was worth it. I literally lost my voice for five days. Like, I couldn't make a noise, couldn't squeak, couldn't anything. <laughs> and now, how many years later, like, after I speak to you guys tonight, because I'm sort of yelling and I don't mean to, um, I will probably be all laryngitis y tomorrow. So oh, no. <laughs> all because um, of that game. <laughs> let's let's uh let's take it down. Okay. Uh no, 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 no. Totally kidding. I love the enthusiasm and we get we get we get we get, we get like this every week. My own <laughs> my own 
fandom, the the people that I sit at Yankee Stadium with, I want to strangle half of them. (laughs) You're you're talking about something that has happened for Brian and I with the Mets as well. Really? In a a different way, absolutely. And with us, with the Jets as well. Absolutely. Ah, And it's, it's it's a little bit of a different thing with the Mets for us. Uh, especially right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, Brian and I are big fans of Sandy Alderson. We think Sandy Alderson was the right guy for the job. But yeah, we hate the Wolfons. I would love to see them sell the team, but they're not going to. Right. So they brought in they brought in a guy who had to bloodlet the team, who is the right guy for the job, um, and we like the where he's going. Does it suck to be a fourth place team and lose a ton of games? Yeah, it sucks, but the especially this year, the future is upon us. If you're just going to focus on the outfield, you know, and, and the outfield being bad or whatever, and you're not going to say, yeah, but you know what? This year we'll probably get to see Zach Wheeler. And they just made a trade for this catcher. We'll probably get to see Travis Darno. We'll probably get, right, to, right. We'll get to see Matt Harvey. And we'll get to see like these young kids, like it's starting to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And everything with the Met fan base, we're convinced, uh, is they love the pain. It's LOL. They love the LOL Mets thing. Right. They don't know what to do with themselves without it. They can't wait to rip the team for doing something. They can't wait. These Mets fans would rather be right about something bad happening than actually mm-hmm. winning. I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Like there are, there is such a, a facet. We don't want to make this about the Mets, but it's 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 very similar. There's such a and, yeah. Uh, there's certain there's people in the Yankee fan base. Same thing. Yeah, there's definitely a contingent of Met fans right now that want to see Travis Darno fail, want to see Zach Wheeler fail, so they can say that Sandy Alderson was wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and that's just insane. Then why do you root for the team? Why, right. do you, why do you even claim to be a Mets fan? Are you crazy? <laughs> well, Stacey, let me, let me ask you a question. How, what's your feeling on Alex Rodriguez? Mm. I always stick up for A-Rod. Okay, now you experienced this with the, with the Yankee fans the last few years, especially oh. last year in the playoffs. The Yankee fans, it, it seemed like they wanted him to strike out every single time up. Pretty much, yeah. In a, in a playoff series. In a playoff yeah. series. With, yeah. their, with their season on the line, they're rooting yeah. against the guy who plays for their team. Because they're morons. Right. <laughs> you know, morons. You know, here, I will give you a prime example of what I deal with at Yankee Stadium, okay? Game two of the 2009 ALCS, okay? Angels, Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Angels went ahead. It was at the 11th inning. A-Rod comes up. I'm sitting about three seats away from this guy, and he screams out, earn your paycheck. And I'm like, literally the next pitch, he hits the home run to tie the game. Right. And then, of course, they ultimately won on that wonky play in the infield, and Jerry Hairston scored. Right. And right after the home run siren, no, not sirens, more like a ding-dong thing went off. The church bell. Um, uh, this guy next to me screamed to the guy, did he earn his paycheck? And then I punctuated it with a dirty word after that. So it's, <laughs> you know, and this is even after what A-Rod did in the DS with the game, the second game against Minnesota when he hit the home run to tie and then Tex hit the yep. – I mean, I, A-Rod right. could have hit 600 in all of those playoff series, and people would still hate him. Yep. And 
they don't realize is, and for some reason they always blame him for 2004, which I think is the most ludicrous thing ever because it was a total team failure, but people don't realize that up until the first two, three games of the ALCS, he was hitting really well, and he hit really well in the DS against Minnesota. People don't remember that because they think of the collapse, and they blame it all on him for some unknown reason, which drives me insane. So I've always stuck up for him because people are just – they're ridiculous when it comes to him. He can't do anything right. And I was kind of hoping <laughs> that if he had a good playoff series in 2009, like I was hoping that he would round the bases with his middle fingers up. <laughs> that would uh, that would be magnificent. Um, yes. Now, before we get back to the current Yankees, I want to ask you, you were talking a little bit about, you know, your first memories and stuff as a Yankee fan. Yes. So we, we, we're super interested in this, Cal and I, always. And we, we sort of talk about this with, uh, a lot of the bloggers and stuff that we have on, um, mm-hmm. because you have turned what is a passion for you into you know writing about the Yankees and stuff like that, and you guys do it for free, just like we do the show for free, because we're yeah. passionate. So I, uh, we are always sort of curious how you came to your fanhood. So uh, what's your origin story there with the Yankees? How did you start rooting for them? Uh, my dad was born in the Bronx, attended his first game in 1946, I believe. Wow. And his mother used to pack a lunch for him, and he would go, and he would sit in the bleachers. Nice. And his uncle, Gus, his namesake, my dad, of course, is a Greek guy named Gus, because what else would he be? <laughs> um, his uncle was actually a New York Giants fan, so he would take him over to the polo grounds and try to get my dad to start rooting for the Giants, but my dad would always stick to the Yankees. So I think that if I were to become a fan of any other team, my dad probably would have killed me. So, you know, uh, when I was a kid in the city, uh, we moved up to the suburbs when I was four, but my really early years, my bedroom was next to the living room. So if my dad was watching baseball, I could hear it in my room. So I don't remember specific moments, but I remember hearing crowd cheering and this and that, and I would sit and watch like maybe one inning with him and then have to go to bed. So it's all because of my dad that I'm a crazy yeah. Yankee fan. Now, did I didn't he... get to go to my first game until I was almost nine, though. Oh, okay. No, but this, see, this is fascinating to me because, um, and I'm sure it is to Cal too, but uh, because... You had a the Yankees have so much history and lore and and have had all these uh, these wonderful players play for them and your dad uh, as a conduit you know or you could sort of use your dad were you able to use him as sort of a conduit to like talking about seeing Mickey Mantle play or talking about seeing Joe DiMaggio oh yeah oh yeah and you know remember when we were kids and Joe DiMaggio was doing like Mr. Coffee commercials and. Mm -hmm. Phil Rizzuto was doing doing Dime Bank and and the Money Store. and Oh, uh, Joe DiMaggio did Dime Bank, I think, at one point. (laughs) And just he would tell me about them and their playing time. And, you know, and and as I got older, I would say to him, like, you know, I can't believe you got to see all these players. He's like, yeah, but Stace, don't you realize if you have kids, you're going to tell them that you saw Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and, you know all these other yep. guys that played. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that way. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have I mean, a... Like uh... my, my thought of him seeing, like, yeah, I mean, he saw Mickey Mantle in his prime. And yeah. That, that's the coolest. That's so cool. Yeah. 
you know, he have and the a, fact uh, that he got to see some of the Giants play too, because he went yeah. over to the Polo Ground. So that's even yeah, got to see Willie Mays and 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 mm-hmm. you know Bobby Thompson, those guys. Does he have a signature story? Does he have Does he have one that he throws out there, like a game he remembers super well, or no? But you know what he does really well, and it scares me. I can name the most obscure person who played in, like, 1953, and he'll say what position he played, and then he'll say what teams he played for and if he was traded for someone and who he was traded for. Wow. He's almost, so he's almost like Rain Man in that way. <laughs> right. He's the, back of the ba- he's the back of the baseball card guy. Yeah. That's it's kind of crazy. We yeah. have a, Cal and I have something like that. <laughs> We've had, Cal and I have known each other since we're eight years old. We have wow. uh, we have a uh, something uh, akin to that with uh, numbers. So you can throw out the guy, and we'll tell you what number he wore. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, it's how I memorize phone numbers. Uh, you know, like more <laughs> locker combinations. Like my locker combination is right main. Uh, what is it? Right main, Reyes, Backman. That's funny. So, so Cal, what is that? Right Five, main, Reyes, Backman. Five thirty-three seven six. That's correct. <laughs> Right. That's, that's that's absolutely right. Uh, that's, I'm familiar cool. numbers too. I remember yeah. all my friends' numbers from elementary school for some reason. I remember all our phone numbers, which is really <laughs> odd. But considering how long ago we were in elementary school, <laughs> I think you probably still remember. Do you remember? You still remember my phone number from the comeback days? Six four zero eight. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Well done. I don't I, want to give away the the whole exchange though, just in case people start calling. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Make those calls. <laughs> Send those calls. Um, that's very cool. Have you uh, taken in a lot of games with your dad? Well, he took me to my first two. Uh, right. He took me to a doubleheader for my first game wow. in August of 1983. It'll be the 30th anniversary this year. I'm very excited to uh, revisit that. I've, I've written about it a couple times. Uh-huh. Um, he took me with three of my male friends. I'm not going to call them boyfriends because I was only eight at the time and don't want you to think bad things about me. All three. Um, Yeah. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And I remember at the time being really angry because I thought that because I was a girl, my dad didn't take me to a game before that time. Like I wanted to go to games so badly and he would never take me, he would never take me. And now as an adult looking back and watching people with their kids, I know why people don't take their kids when they're too young because you don't see the game because you're constantly fucking with the kid. Yeah, you've got to tend to your kid. Yeah, exactly. You know, so now I I get it now. At the time, I was angry. Right. Although I wasn't that angry because they won both games. I was very excited and thought it was my being there that helped them. And actually, it really was because they won the first 10 games I went to. Wow. You started out 10-0? and yeah, and then you know how they lost? I got a fever in the middle of the game and had to leave, and they lost to the Red Sox like 4-3, to three, and I had Your to hear fault. it on the radio. On yeah. The, yeah, I, my fault. But, but wait, did you leave before the fifth inning? Left in the fifth. Yeah, so that's official. <laughs> so it, was, it was an official game. Yeah, you get the loss. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you got to take the L on that one. Who was totally my fault, but... I didn't want to leave, and I, it, you know, my dad felt my pain. He's like, "No, you really have. We have to go." I'm like, "No, I don't want to go." I was like getting all delirious with fever. <laughs> he tried to gut it out. Send me back out there. I I'll really wanted to. Yeah. Who were the uh, Who were the start? Do you remember the pitchers in that first game for the Yankees? The first doubleheader. Oh God. Dennis Rasmussen. Eighty-three. 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 Here, wait, hold on. I'll pull it up. 
could Rigetti have pitched one of those games? Because I uh, here, hold on, I have it written. A month after his no hitter. It is a month after his no hitter. Yeah, it was a month after. Yeah, it was uh, August, August. 9th, July fourth, nineteen eighty-three. Right. Yeah, that and, was, and that my was game. Yep. And then my game was August against oh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Rigetti. Oh, you got to see Toronto. So you got to see the two national anthems. Must confuse the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Wait, what? I thought we were. Th- I just did the what? What is this all about? God save the queen. What is what? What are you talking you about? Know, you know what's funny? I don't remember that much about the actual game because I remember looking around a lot because I couldn't believe how big the stadium looked. Yeah, you know, yeah. to an eight-year-old, that place right. looked so cavernous and just big, and and you know I was so excited to be there. And the boy I liked was there. My dad brought the boy I liked at the time, so I was very excited. Right. And uh, I rem- I actually remember what I wore that day, which is really odd uh, <laughs> when you think about it. But um, not that here, if here it became go. if it became some sort of like lucky T-shirt, not odd at all. Yeah. No, it was a short outfit. This is the '80s, man. You know, matching oh, nice. shirt and uh, shirt, tank top and shorts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I had those as well, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> the matching tank and uh, and shorts that uh, I my mom got from Sears to go with my uh, my winners, <laughs> my my sweet Sears winter sneakers. Those were those good times. I didn't get a lot of second grade action. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I did not. I was not a hot commodity in the second grade. Did okay. not have the Reeboks. Did you have Reeboks, Cal? Yeah, I did. You did the first like, game. Like a couple years after. They were oh, you cool. rich kid? After they were cool. Who, who was the first game? Okay, the first game of the doubleheader. Ron Guidry pitched a complete game. Oh boy! Wow! Whoa! How do you not remember that? Out of the gate. Because, yeah, I know. And yeah, he pitched a complete game. Uh, gave up three Good. runs, eight hits. Yeah, and well, the uh, game, gave up two home runs. So maybe that's complete, why I don't remember. Um, yeah, the complete <laughs> game aspect doesn't impress me at all because everybody threw complete games back then. Back then, sure. <laughs> I want to yeah. go back to that time. We were talking they're about it last week on the show. They're not wusses like they are now. Exactly. And then for the second game, then Goose could have came on for a fifteen out save. Right. Uh, Bob Shirley won. And George Frazier uh, uh. was the save, got the save wow. in that second game. Former Met as well, right? Didn't George Frazier pitch for the Mets too? Uh, no, that's Joe Frazier. Was the manager of the Mets. That's the boxer. No, Joe Frazier was the manager of the Mets. I know, but didn't George Frazier pitch for the Mets as well? I don't believe so. <laughs> you just I will look right now. No, he, did, uh, no, he didn't. Right. He pitched well, for... He St. Louis, the Yankees, Cleveland, the Cubs, and Minnesota. Everybody but the Mets. Everybody, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Every, every team but the Metropolitan. I was probably thinking of Joe Frazier. Smoking Joe Frazier. Yeah. The boxer from Philly. So, Stacey, favorite, really, your favorite Yankee of all time? Mr. Mattingly, yes. Not if I were to have kids, which I'm not going to have, but if I were, I would have named my first child Mattingly. And it wouldn't matter what gender, because a boy could be Matt and a girl could be Maddie. That's well played. But you can't argue with that. No. That is that is Loctite, which you just <laughs> out there. That is solid. Um, and so, obviously, any sport you played, you wore 23, obviously. I mean, did, uh, did no, you have... you know, no, I didn't. And, well, I couldn't really play sports uh, 
because I have a, um, I was born with a, a lazy eye, and my mom didn't want me playing anything where there would be balls flying at my head. So it I had to be her social really life. Yeah, exactly. I had, to, I had to quote Clueless there. I'm sorry. I had to. Of course. That's why I said it. I was hoping you would. <laughs> there and, But then in My a fit of rebellion, in a fit of rebellion, I played lacrosse in high school, which is the worst because wow. I really could have done damage to my face if I had gotten hit with that ball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, or a stick or anything else. Um, but no, I wanted 23 and I couldn't because I think – the 23 shirt, because we didn't wear jerseys. We, were, we didn't dress up like the uh, guy lacrosse players. We were dressed up more like field hockey girls. Yeah. Um, so they were more like polo shirts. Uh, if I remember correctly, the 23 was like a size small, and I'm tall. I was uh, I turned out to be 5'9", but in high school I was like 5'7", and I was still a lot taller than all the other girls in the lacrosse team. So I think I wore, one year I wore number nine for nettles. For nettles, sure. And the first year, I actually wore 51, which is pretty funny because that turned out to be Bernie Williams. Bernie. Ah, uh, sweet Benny. Sweet mm-hmm. Benny Williams. Where, yeah. By the way, there's a, speaking of Bernie Williams, you'll appreciate this. Uh, Cal knows this. There's a running thing for years that I, I would never watch Yankee games. I would just, like, flip, you know, off a of Met game. So the Mets would be on mm-hmm. commercial, and I'd flip to the Yankee game. I mm-hmm. must have seen every one of Bernie Williams at bats for six years. <laughs> Every time I flipped on the game, Bernie Williams was up. I knew Ber- I knew his swing better than any hitting coach the Yankees ever had. He yeah. just every time I flipped on the oh, Bernie Williams is up. He's he's pulling out his hips. He needs to stay closed a little longer. I saw like 278 at bats one season. I didn't watch one full Yankee game. <gasps> yeah, it, just, it became the thing with Bernie. Uh, a wonderful. Wonderful player. See, there's a guy at stand up and cheer for Cal. Yeah, absolutely. Have to have nothing but respect for Bernie Williams. A lot of those guys. A lot of those guys from that 96 team. Yeah, there's only two guys from that team I really hated. O'Neal. O'Neal, of course. And uh, But you have to hate O'Neal. O'Neal's the classic. If he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you hate him. Right. Um, and uh, who else would I hate on that team? I didn't hate Georgie. I hated him now. <laughs> There's nobody else really. No, there really is. O'Neal was O'Neal was really the guy I just despised on that. And it's mostly because he worked out that walk against Benitez in game one of the 2000 World Series. Um, I was at that game, by the way. All right, fine. That was, my first World Seri- that was my first World Series game. Do you think I'm ready was to that? talk about it, Stacey? Do you, think, I'm sorry. do you think I'm prepared to talk about that? But can I tell you that I almost got into a fight with an older lady in a Benitez jersey? <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I was wild in my twenties. No, she was really obnoxious, and my friends kind of had to hold me back. And after he fun. pitched, after he pitched that game, I would have gotten into a fight with a woman with a Benitez jersey on. <laughs> and as I have long said, if I saw him on the street, I would spit on his shoes. I have to say, one one of my favorite memories is when uh, not not the part when he hit Tino Martinez, but <laughs> what happened after that when the entire Yankee team chased him back into the Baltimore dugout. Can I tell uh, you? I really thought Daryl Strawberry was going to kill him that Yeah, night. I really thought that was I had, I had that ball on VHS tape, and I used to watch it every once in a while just to get fired up before I went out for a night. <laughs> I love that ball. And yeah, I found it on YouTube funny. a couple months ago. I was so happy because I hadn't seen it in so long. And someone had the entire ball, like all 15 minutes of 
you know, them <laughs> fighting and then having to calm everyone down. And, oh, God, yeah, that was just. That was the and same week. Yeah. If, if you're going to have a melee. That year was amazing. That year was crazy, 98. It was. It was absolutely, I mean, uh, it was it was uh, the dream year. It was a ridiculous like when year. You, when you look at their, like when you go to Baseball Reference and you click on 98 and you see how their record goes, <laughs> you yeah. see all the wins keep going up. And it's like, how did you possibly, like even at the time, it was like, I didn't realize it at the time. And now looking back, I'm like, my God. Yeah. Like, you know incredible. There's a there's a saying about about baseball teams because it's such a long season. They tell you that you can pretty much pencil in 50 wins and 50 losses, and then it's what you do in those other hundred games mm-hmm. that determines. Well, they they only lost 50 games, so they won <laughs> every other game. Right. Yeah. It's those other 62 games, right, that you have to figure out, yeah, and they, they won, won those other they won those other 62 every, games. Every sing, every last right. one of them. Yeah, that was, Crazy. that was that was the culmination, though. I mean, that was really just everybody at the height of their powers. Every move they made had paid off, and you know the farm system had the the, the core four guys that had come up, and it just it was it was a fantastic team. It was it was a, a, a fantastic season. Now let's get back to let's take it back to today and today's Yankees, and I want to get your 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 opinion real quick of the AL East itself. You know, real quick, just to to steer me back here for um, the AL East itself, because a lot has gone on, and now I, I wonder where you feel like the Yankees fall in that mix now with well, these injuries. Yeah, with the injuries, it's a lot different. Um, before the injuries, I would have said that the AL East could be as much as a four-team race. Yeah because I think they would just all beat up on each other and that maybe, I don't know, or maybe even all all of the teams being involved at some point. Like, I could have seen, like, a dogfight all the way down to the end between all of them. Yeah. Um, but now with these injuries, I hadn't even thought about that <laughs> because <laughs> – well, are you buying? Uh, let me ask you: Are you buying on the Blue Jays? No. Okay. I'm not. Why? Uh, Why? Well, their home stadium is a dome. They play on turf. They got some players who could be injured by sneezing. Um, We're familiar with I, one of those players, by the way. Yes, that's who I'm referring to, and it's Josh Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a lot would have to go right for them to do as well as people think they're going to do. Like, you know, some people are saying they're going to win, like, 95, 93, yeah. 95. And a whole lot has to go right for a team to win that many. I mean, look at Baltimore last year. No yeah. one expected them to win that many games. People didn't yeah. expect them to win that many games even when they were winning that many games. Like, even in <laughs> September, people were like, oh, Baltimore's going to fall off. Oh, they're going to fall off. They're going to fall they didn't fall off. Yep. So with the Blue Jays, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know. If they stay healthy, I can see them doing well. But I just I don't see that happening. I can see someone breaking down and it's screwing them up. Here's, yeah. the th- here's the thing with the Blue Jays. When Think about the way they put their team together. When mm-hmm. When's the last time that worked? 
Yeah. Right. For, for any team, you know, it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to bring in, you know, you're going to bring in 15 well, new players. 2011, everyone was expecting the Phillies and the Red Sox to be in the World Series. The Red Sox yep. didn't even make the playoffs, and the Phillies were eliminated in the first round. So, well, how about how about last April when uh, the Marlins had to give in their World Series trophy that everybody gave them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we we said that at the time. We we said <laughs> you know the Marlins were the prohibitive favorite to some you know to win the NL East and stuff like that, and we said right on this show. Literally, yeah. that it, it don't. I don't know why this is a given because this never works, right? So you can't just throw fifty new faces. And you know, we were laughing about the Hanley Ramirez, uh, Jose Reyes thing, like right off the bat. Like, yeah, this will work. <laughs> this will be great. Um, Toronto's yeah, got a new a new manager also. It's just it's it's a it's a mix that is not guaranteed to to gel. There's a lot right. going on. I think the only thing to me that I you talked about the health, Stacey, and that's spot on. But especially because the, the you know Jose Reyes and the Dome, we know all that. I don't and think Mark that, Burrow is as good as everyone thinks he is either. Right, Mark I mean, Burrow is not that great. I mean, he's, he's fine. The he's passive a pitcher, he's but yes. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm not going to It what what is interesting to me about this team is that they do have some kids. It's not, right. you know, they, they do have some guys that have come through the farm system and stuff. And Bautista is a very interesting player because I think he's looked at as a sort of captain on that team and he's looked at with reverence and stuff like that. And uh, I think he's well-respected in the in the, in the the clubhouse and stuff like that. So it, to me, they do have some, like, we knew the Marlins were going to fail because their manager was Ozzy Guillen. We were like, well, this yeah. is never going to work. It's a combustible mix. And then you have a crazy person managing it. You know, they right. don't have that. They do seem to have a, a less combustible mix of players. Right. So it, it could work, but health is going to be a huge key. Do you think that the Orioles, the crazy pants Orioles with no pitching staff, can can repeat what they did last year? I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to fall off that far, but I don't see them winning 93 again. Yeah, ninety-three games. How did I? Well, they, go, they used a lot of magic to win them those games. Yeah, you, you go look at that team on One baseball reference. In, you know the yep. extra inning games that they kept winning. It, it was just—it was crazy. It was crazy. Like you couldn't even explain that. Like it almost—I almost felt bad that they didn't pull everything off because with the year that they were having, it was right. that kind of a year where you would expect that kind of a team to go further in the playoffs and surprise the hell out of everyone. And Buck too. You have to love Buck. You have to love Showalter. You don't. You don't love Showalter. You're being very quiet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't you know. Can't, you can't really not like Buck. Oh wow! I don't know. This is ridiculous. What what manager do you like? <laughs> what what ex Yankee manager do you like? I I don't know. Are want, there any? I don't even want to hear what you like. Think about Girardi. No, I love Girardi. Okay. You do. Yeah, I do. I like Girardi. I do not. I think he gets. Guy. I think he gets a lot of. He gets a lot of unnecessary crap from certain beat writers, and it bugs me. I don't like Girardi. I'll be honest with you. Just as a just Why as not? manager, just as a tactician, I don't like Girardi. Ah. I I feel like uh, I, I again I, you can Monday morning quarterback a baseball manager to death. I I get that. I've never liked uh, Joe Girardi. It has nothing to do with him being a Yankee manager. I, I didn't like him when he was a manager of the Marlins either. 
I, I think <laughs> I think tactically he uh, sometimes he's supposedly you know by the book and all this stuff, and then when he goes with his gut, he's still going by the book. Like right. he, he still he never goes by the book. <laughs> he goes by the book on the gut. <laughs> <laughs> he goes by the book on his gut. That's right. Um, <laughs> what uh, is there an ex Yankee manager that you care for? Hmm. Billy Martin. Billy Martin. Poor Billy Martin. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible way to go. Yeah. I can't, he's been, I can't believe he's been gone that long. He's been gone like 30 years, right? Or, no. Yeah, not that long. <laughs> no, 1980, it was 1989. 1989, I think it was. Yeah. I'd two years. That's yeah, that's a 20, long time. I'm sorry, 24 years. That's not, that's, uh, 30 wasn't way off. All Take right. it easy. You scoffed. I did. Cal scoffed. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not buying the Orioles either. I guess um, Tampa. I guess Tampa is the team that we have I, to watch out for, right? That team. Everybody outside yeah. of, of of the AL East loves the Rays. Ah, oh, they love the Rays. I love the whatever. Rays. <laughs> Can you? Do you? Do you? I I know you. You you should. You absolutely should hate the Rays. But does the way that that team is built and what they have built themselves into as far as being a contender with the resources they have, is that at least respectable? Sure. But it's about the money, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I was, I was actually, I was happy for them in 2008 for as far as they got. I thought that was a cool story. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have liked for them to have, one, right? Because, ill. Yeah. Uh, really there. Who like uh, Yeah, we're we're really with you there. <laughs> and speaking, um, speaking, you know, speaking of Boston, <laughs> that's that's the one team we haven't hit on. I just did. Did you guys, uh, both of you, did you hear Carl Crawford's statement today? Boy. Yes. That playing. I did, I, did you hear it, Steve? I didn't. Okay. Uh, he he said that playing in Boston was. Let's see if I get this right. I think it was, he said it was the worst thing that's ever happened to him in his life. <laughs> right? Yeah, or like the worst experience of his life or something. Right. It was. It was so like wow. That's that's what your life has been. If that was the worst thing that ever happened to you in your right. life, getting paid eighteen million dollars a year to play twelve games. Yeah. Was the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life. That's it's been good. Life's been good to him. I mean, it, is the media in Boston that awful? Like, I've heard some stories that, you know, they're pretty tough, but, like, with the way some of these guys react, I mean... Worse than New York, know. right? They react like it's worse than New York, right? Yeah. I think it, it, Go ahead. It probably I'm is in a way, I guess, because it's the only baseball team. Yeah. So... You know, at least here you have two teams to split the media up. But I don't know. It's just, God, they make it seem like they'd rather be waterboarded than talk to the media. <laughs> I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there to you guys. Just hearing this, though, and, and I've heard, you know, we've heard this before and stuff, rumblings from either African-American players or Latino mm-hmm. players in Boston, maybe that's what he's referring to. 
because they have not, uh, you know, many uh, of those players have come out and said they've had a really hard time in Boston. So maybe that's what he's uh, he's alluding to more than the media or so, or maybe it's in conjunction with. But right. you know, we've heard that we've heard that for years that it's a very tough town for uh, either an African American player or a Latino player, any sort of minority player to play in. And, right. Uh, well, but unless you're Pedro Martinez. Unless you're Pedro Martinez, then you know you're never going to buy a meal again. Uh, the, it's uh, also the way they treat the guys who leave, even the team itself. Like they love bad mouthing these guys as soon as they leave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they love trashing people. It's kind of crazy. Like I don't understand why they. It's very um, petty for yeah. them to be that way. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, Have they done that with Euclid? Uh no, because you know he left. When did he leave? Was it the middle of the season? When, when yeah, did he, he go traded. to White Sox last year? Yeah, he, he they did. They did after he left. I mean, they did after he was traded. They absolutely did after they was that he was traded. But they had Bobby Valentine there. They didn't need to smear. Oh, well. him. Yeah, they, they had a guy they could smear on the way out the door without any sort of problem. Now, uh, you guys knew right away as soon as they hired Valentine that things weren't going to go so well in Boston, right? Because I knew it as soon as he signed that contract. <laughs> we were ecstatic. Yeah. Just, just like, we, I can't wait to see what happens. This is going to be right. great. Yeah. Something's going to happen. And we, we, I think, Cal, you're with me on this. We love Bobby Valentine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we lo- I've, I've, I wanted him back a couple of years ago because he, he fits like a glove with the Wilpons. That's magnificent. Uh, combination. Mm-hmm. He gets he's perfect with Jeff because uh, it's another time. But um, yeah, that was like adding you know pop rocks and Coca Cola. It, it was it was let's see what happens. That's how he right. died. By the way, what happened? That's how Mikey from Life Cereal died. By the way, oh pop rocks and and Coke and Coke. That's oh right. yes, the urban legend about Mikey dying. <laughs> that's right. That's how he died. I wonder if Mikey knows that that's an urban legend. We should get him on the show. We should get him on the show, Cal. What's he doing? Porn? He's dead. Probably, probably porn. Most likely porn. He's dead. Pop rock. Um, so last uh, last couple of things. One, uh, favorite 80s sitcom. Oh. Yeah, I just, I, I, I Charlie Rose'd you right out. Wow. Right, I just threw that question right out of the Cal, Cal just dropped his microphone. He couldn't even believe that I asked you that. I'm trying to think of the show that I couldn't miss. Uh, 80s or 90s. 80s or 90s, absolutely. Free, feel free. Well, 90s, you know, I watched the Thursday night block on NBC. Well, okay, this is what I did. In college, we would watch Friends at 8. Then I would shower during whatever was on at 8.30 because the world was crappy shows on at 8.30. And then we would watch Seinfeld from 9 to 9.30, and then we would run out of our dorm to catch the 9.32 bus into Oswego so we can go for uh, – there was this thing called Aussie Night at this place, Buckland's, and it was from 9 to 12. It was like oh, – what was it? How much were the beers? Oh, my God, I can't even remember. But we drank our faces off. So that was my Thursday night thing where I had to watch Friends and had to watch Seinfeld. You shower. You shower during thing, during the hammock the, maybe, show. Yeah, maybe the single guy was on at that right. point with the Jonathan guy, Silverman. Jonathan Silverman, that's right. And and uh, uh, oh, Joey Slotnick. Yes. 
Joey Slotkin was on there. It was, right, uh, I think that was on. And then something else. Oh, God, there's nothing bad to show that they put in wow. there, too, that didn't win. Maybe Caroline in the City? Could've she been. was on she was Tuesday, Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But in the 80s, like, you know, I liked Growing Pains and Who's the Boss. Like, you know, uh, early 80s, I liked Silver Spoons. And I, I loved It's Your Move. It's Your Move! Oh, I can't believe you just said that. Wow. Stacey, wow. That show wow. was awesome. And the Hold fact on. that they canceled it. Hold just, on. Going to need a minute. Going to need oh, a minute. Oh, no. That's magnificent. <laughs> that is, I, we have been talking about that show. <laughs> For easily ten years, and one of my really? fantasy, one of my fantasy base, my first fantasy baseball teams was named the Dregs of Humanity. Oh God, that's so funny! Because of that show, because and I found that episode. I yes. found the Dregs of Humanity episode on YouTube. Yep, I found it on YouTube too. YouTube and, is a is a gold mine. Yeah, really. it took years though, like for YouTube to catch up to my It's Your Move. Yep. Affection. It it took like seven years. We like we were talking about the Dregs of Humanity episode <laughs> for like five or six years. My buddy, our buddy Dan, the aforementioned Yankee fan, mm-hmm. will will still quote from that episode the Martha Quinn uh-huh. line. You know, I was talking to Bones backstage, and he was telling me, "Oh my goodness, that is wow, wow." I was sort of hoping. With the Silver Spoons reference that you might go in your move? Oh, I like Jason Bateman better than I ever liked Ricky Schroeder. Yeah, well, I think we we all did. I think we all did. I think that's... Come on. (laughs) But no, but all my girlfriends loved Ricky Schroeder. I'm like, no, Jason Bateman, come on. (laughs) It's uh, it's Rick, by the way. Rick Schroeder. He was uh, Ricky back then. We don't want to upset him. Please, Uh, just like Deborah Gibson, please. (laughs) From Dix Hills, New York, no less. Yeah. You know what I do with my fantasy team's names? I'm a big Durani. I like Duran Duran. Nice. So my fantasy team... Uh, I thought you said Durante. <laughs> you like Jimmy Dur- Durante? Yeah. No, Durani. Duran nice. Duran. Is that a, uh, my what fan- they call them? What? Yeah, call we're called Duranis. I know, it's weird. Oh. Um, my fantasy team's name is Hungry Like Randy Wolf. <laughs> Well played. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's well played. Um, so uh, I was going to go with Joni Loves Tchotchke. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Any, anything, you, yeah, anything you want to plug, Stacey, before we let you run? Uh, just our little blog. It's about the money. Uh, it's You can find it at itsaboutthemoney.net, even though it's called It's About the Money, comma, stupid. <laughs> Right. But we're not calling you stupid at all. No. It's not to you so much. And, okay, and last thing, gut feeling, who's the opening day first baseman? Oh, God. Uh, God is... <laughs> no, no. God himself. They finally done God it. Him, God himself is going to come down and play for the Yankees. They have finally done it. He feels so bad for it. I think it depends. Uh, it depends on who's pitching against them, I guess, right? I don't know. I'll say Dan Johnson just for... Uh, all right. Stacy, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. I feel like I was babbling the whole time. I apologize. Not, no, this is a lot of fun. No, it was <laughs> it was, it was a, a ton of fun, and we really hope that you'll if you'd be amenable to it to come on again during the season and talk Yankees with us. Of course. Anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacy. We'll talk to you soon. 
Okay. Bye, guys. Right. Bye-bye. Wow. What to say? I mean, just fantastic. It's always, it is always so refreshing to talk to a Yankee fan like that. Yep. You know? Because we're, you know what? We're all baseball fans. Exactly. Crossing that line that... We're all baseball fans. I know, Cal, I knew we'd be in good shape with her when she said, uh, she told us, you know, we were talking a little bit about talking tonight, and she said, I, but of course I went to see R.A. Dickey's 20th win because right. I'm a baseball fan. That's good stuff. She's killer. Yeah, a lot of energy. A lot of energy on that kid. Go for her. She's a real spitfire at the stadium, too, it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like going to a game with her would be awesome. We got to see, we got to put this together. Yeah. We got to put together a Subway Series game and, and go. Oh. Could you imagine? That, I don't know. I don't know. That might be too Either much. Either that or we do a remote from Blue Haven. Oh, Met, the, Met one Yank of them games. Game. Yeah. If there's a game on a Thursday night or whatever and have her down watching the game live with us. Man. Here's the thing, though. I said this to her, and then we're going to get to the fun load, and if PJ's up to he's very sick, Cal. Yeah, but let's not push him. But by the way, we should play the. Can we play the? Should we play the sponsor now? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter when we play it. It's true. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. I don't want you to push PJ tonight, though. I know. You're right. He's look. He negotiated a certain number of sick days into his contract. He did. He hasn't taken one. On a very special, ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I'm just glad you guys are here. <laughs> For me. Here he, is. here he is. The really sick Bishop Pop Culture PJ. I always he- wanted to say... Why you never had a brother? What are you doing? Is this your Oscar speech? Oh, that's from the champ, right? It is. And we go Ricky Schroeder again. <laughs> from the champ. That was a. Uh... <laughs> a hi, Peach. Hi, I'm very, I'm very ill. You sound fine. There's something going around. Where's it going? Around what? Oh, through through the children. And then, and then directly straight, to the father, <laughs> straight into the fingers. Oh. PJ, PJ, we're getting a new pope. Thoughts? Wow. I'm not big on popes. Not done uh, silence. Not 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 big on the infallible. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> never big a fan of whiteout. Choose right? wisely. <laughs> I'm uh, a bigger fan. <laughs> Peach, did you watch It's Your Move? I don't know if we've ever discussed that while you were on the podcast. Oh, heck but yeah. You've been with us for about a year and a half now. Uh, that but was, I, we talked that about was required it. viewing. Yeah. Tremendous yeah. show, right? Very big in the under-14 set. And the dad I, was... It might have been the iCarly of our days. Can you remember the name of the uh, the best friend with the braces? Character names? No. Character name. Character no, name no, no, that, that's all gone. Was, uh, was Eli. Wow. 
and the of course the fa- the 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 guy across the hall was uh Steve from uh Married with Children. David Naughton. David Naughton. Right. The mom was a classic uh, 80s sitcom gal who, like, I feel like that was her one shot <laughs> to, like, carry a show. Like, she was on every, like, a, a Jack Tripper girlfriend, maybe, or... Right, right. Greedy this Gretchen? Was her, this was her big, her big break. <laughs> Greedy Gretchen. Mom, I got my own series. That's it. I'm finally on a series. And it's canceled. I'm selling the apartment. I'm buying a house. <laughs> well, you know what the cautionary tale is. Is that one of the Landers sisters? Might have been. You know what the cautionary tale is with that, right? I want to know about the Lander sisters in a minute. <laughs> cautionary, yeah, tell me cautionary the cautionary tale. Is Barry Sobel? Barry Sobel. Barry Sobel great, is the great is comedian. The, Barry Sobel. The comedian slash gets like a production deal for a sitcom and lives fat and high on the horse and blah 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 blah, blah and pisses it all away and. His whole career is in front of him, and he never gets anything again. Never works again. Well, he let me bring this granted. back to let me bring this back to WTF with Mark Maron. Isn't that every comedian's story? <laughs> As we hear them detailed, doesn't every comedian live the Barry Sobel right now? But his was more in the acting front. Like he was one of. I mean, he was a stand-up, but he. I think, you know, we sort of got the series deal or the production deal or whatever and sort of like bought a house and lived fat. and Maybe that's just a Hollywood urban legend. I have to apologize. It was it was David Garrison, not David Naughton. David Naughton was James Bond, wasn't he? Uh, David Naughton, I think, was... Um, British actor. He was a 70s pop idol. <laughs> no. <laughs> no wait You're thinking of David Niven? Wait a minute. I'm thinking of David Niven. You're thinking... <laughs> Yes, David Niven did a brief stint in the American 80s sitcom. It's your move. It's your dear. It's your move. Really? I do say it is your move. What sitcom isn't enhanced by a, by a nice British gentleman? You can't Please lose. make your move. <laughs> it is your turn. Uh, I'm not going to say it again, Eli. Where is the dance tonight? I want to take his Jason Bateman's mother. Yeah, I love Anderson. that show. Is that show available? Is there a DVD? Is there a chance? No, I, I don't know. I, all I know is I found that episode on YouTube, and it was a VCR recording. Yeah, clearly sure. a VCR recording. I'm gonna. This brings me to another sitcom that I have long wanted to ask you guys about, and it, there seems no better time. The Gary Shandling Show. The Fox the one. The sitcom, yes. Had one of the greatest episodes. First of all, to me, it was Seinfeld before there was Seinfeld. Yeah, way ahead of its time. Right. And too, too ahead of its time, actually. Absolutely. And had one of my... So ahead of its time, it wasn't being watched yet. <laughs> <laughs> and had one of my favorite episodes of any sitcom ever, because it spoofed the natural with ping pong. I've never seen that. I, I vaguely remember that. 
he had a his ping pong paddle was padel, and he had it engraved with the lightning bolt. Yes. And he at the end he wins the ping pong tournament and knocks the lights out <laughs> of the place. So like he he's. He, He's playing the guy, and he rips it off the guy's paddle, and it goes up and knocks the lights out, and they're all dancing around like the end of the natural. And I cannot, I cannot find the Gary Shanley Shanley show. show. Gary called me up and said, "Would I like to ride a steam steam song?" Something like that. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? This is the theme to Gary Shanley show. Do you remember the show that was on after that, or before, right before it? On Fox? Yes. The preschoolers attack? No. <laughs> it, it, it started I a. Want to watch that? It started a young Christopher Lemon. Oh. Son, son of Jack Lemon. Yes. Before we throw the spaghetti in the mix over here. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, doing a Jack Lemon by doing Kevin Spacey doing Jack Lemon. Via Kevin Spacey. Duets. Oh, what was that show? Duets. Duets. Oh, my goodness. And, obviously, Get a Life was probably on in there somewhere, too. Oh, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. Speaking of shows ahead of their time, mm-hmm. Chris Elliott, Get a Life. I cannot find the Gary Shandling show on DVD. I'm sure it is. I went looking I, for I, a little house I, on the prairie for my kids. I couldn't find it. Obviously, I haven't looked that hard. <laughs> Do you like that statement? I haven't been able to find it on DVD, but I'm absolutely sure it is. So I'm clearly, sure you look harder. Clearly, I've not done the legwork here. Well, because because you know, with DVD, stuff that gets put out once, you know, the DVDs go out of print. People don't think about that because they haven't been around. It feels like they haven't been around long enough to go out of print. That's true. Never thought of that. But the, you know, there there was a flood of titles at one point where you could have gotten anything, and now not so much. Yeah, I never thought of that. Hey, can I uh, just real quick? Can I do one sports thing and then we'll get back to the fun load? But PJ, you'll like this too. Cal, I saw this the other day, right? Like uh, in college basketball, Duke uh, has lost a couple of games where they've had the court stormed. They've been a losing team, and the the you know they they've been upset and so the court has been stormed and they're like getting annoyed by this because it's like a safety issue or whatever so they like Duke was sort of complaining about it and I one of the teams that beat them and stormed the court was Virginia now come on you're Virginia can we reserve the storming the court for the hickories of the world please <laughs> you're Virginia. It's UVA. You've you've won stuff. You beat Duke. Big deal. That is a a big deal. Oh no, but not for UVA. They're not. They're not. uh, uh, What? St. Mary's? Come on, Virginia. There's there's forty thousand people at that school. Well, were they the first one to do it, or were they following suit? They were like the third one. Ah, well then. Well then, that's a bad job. That's a terrible job. No, come on. <laughs> Can we save the storming the court for the for the Gonzagas of the world? Well, Gonzaga's well, not even. You mean, you mean, you mean the number one team in the right. nation? <laughs> that Gonzaga? 
No, I'm talking about the other one. Oh, Gonzaga State. That's right. Not the one in Washington. Oh, no, right. The one in Portland. That, yes. Yeah, if if that team were to win, please, by all means. Can we save the storm in the court for the teams that, for the hickories of the world, please? It is very dangerous, though. People get get trampled and. They do. And and again, UVA, you've won another stuff. Come on. Save it for the true upset. Mm. This is UVA Sports Minute. Save it for a 6,000 person school. Shut up. How dare you? It is a CBS Sports Minute, but I wanted to talk, I wanted to ask you about that. Save it for when Binghamton beats, uh, you know, Duke. Hey. What? Sorry, I took a <laughs> shot at PJ there. <laughs> Save it for when Dayton beats Duke. Even even Dayton shouldn't be storming the court. I agree. It's too much. They've won an NIT. Right. Too much rich rich history there. Come on, you UVA. There's plenty of history there. Got a good football team. It's a great school. Yeah, I'm. I I, I was very upset by this. It is pretty funny to see Duke people like, hey, stop, stop storming the court on us. <laughs> Usually, I'm in favor of anything that makes Duke people upset. But I have to agree with them on this one. Well, it's just it's it's just another in the long in a long line of fads that it's copycat, it's unoriginal. It's the uh, the Harlem Shake. It's the it's the Harlem Shake. It's the it's the Gangnam Style of the moment. Yeah, that is, I do not know. You know what Gangnam Style is. Um. So back to oh. I just I'm come <laughs> over and watch my son dance for you. Are you kidding? If I had a would make him happier. What is guy? I don't know what the Gangnam style is. I don't. I'm being honest. We Korean talk, Korean talk, pop sensation Psy. We talked about the Harlem Shake a couple weeks ago. I know what that is now. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I I've seen that. Miami Heat have apparently uh, taken that to a new yeah, level. They have nothing else to do. Right. They've won like 27 games in a row. They have the best player on the planet. They do the Harlem like to rub it in. Are they doing the Harlem Shake during the games? Well, yeah, as the game is going on, <laughs> like on the, like in a second quarter possession, they just break out into the Harlem Shake. Like that's how that's how badly they're beating teams. Like you know what? We'll give away two or three possessions a game just doing the Harlem Shake. They still, but they're outscoring the other team while doing the Harlem Shake. It's crazy. <laughs> uh. Back to uh, Lost Sitcoms real quick. Well, Peej, I wanted to ask you, too. We spent 10 days off there. What did you do with your 10-day vacation other than get sick? Well, it's March. Oh, good then. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. Do you know Do you know the two things that I love about March? Is uh, it the game? I love this game. This is I the would, game. I would say... Al, you go first. Can I go right. first? Please. Uh, the Ides of March. You are, you are not even close. Come on. What are the two things I love about that? How how Roman of you, Cal? Beware. The eyes of God. March. The movie. The movie that Clooney was in. Beware the eyes of March. Oh, two things Patrick's I like out. about March are, are the sudden appearance of Irish soda bread. So, yes. <laughs> Obviously. 
which is one of the greatest of all the breads. It's true. You can't get that at any other time during the year. Mm-hmm. Have we ever done a top five breads? No. We'll do it right now. And the and the yeah. and the other thing is, uh, at least for my area, this is the time where the boxes of Girl Scout cookies start descending oh, on my house. Oh man, that's right. We just got our first crate of crack. I mean, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah, there's extra crack in there. Yeah, it's good. Oh man, we. I no. think we have done favorite Girl Scout cookies. There no. we are. That was all. See. We that's going to be yeah? a very basic fun load. That's a, that's a, hey, that's your basic fun load. That's a basic fun load. I was just going to ask you about that. I want to do... We could okay. do breads. I would love to do breads. I'm going to do breads, and we'll do Girl Scout cookies next week. Nice. Um. Wow, favorite... Oof, top five bread. Top, top three. five? Let's do top three. We're, we're short on time here. <laughs> top 27 breads. Uh, <laughs> and Let top get, places to have bread. Your all-time favorite top 50 breads <laughs> by region. VH1 presents <laughs> best breads of the 90s. <laughs> breads of the 90s. Wait, wait, is this going to be one of those VH1 shows, though, where they have, like, B-list celebrities and comedians do it? Like, yeah, Gavin Rossdale's up there. <laughs> <laughs> I had this bread once. Hal Sparks. Is that <laughs> wait a minute. You know Hal Sparks is on the Disney Channel right now. Yeah, he's on uh, uh, Lab Rats. Yeah. You know, who's, you know who's not on the Disney Channel right now? Me. That's about it. You're the only one. <laughs> one. We should we should gear this show towards the Disney Channel. That you also have some dignity left though, so don't be don't feel thing. too bad. That's the other thing. Number twenty-seven, Rye. Lab Rats, not a show big on dignity. That's true. <laughs> no, horrible. Then there's House Bar sitting there like, look, I don't know what you know about Rye. <laughs> but I spend a weekend with Rye in Vegas with Rye. <laughs> I had a pastrami on Rye in 88, and it was terrific. And it lasted a month. That's what I know about Rye. Num- uh, beep. Number 22, Monkey Bread. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to do this now. And all of the celebrities would be eating the respective bread at the same time while they're explaining it. Right. Well, they have yeah, they have to be like chewing it and pulling it apart. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Very good. It's very good. Right. Uh, all right. Top, Let's pitch top. a show to the Food Network. Top bread. Guy Fieri. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got dough. You're gonna love this bread. This Tell bread you. is <laughs> bread is chilling and maxing, southern style. <laughs> I lost it. Darn it! Had it. America really turned on that guy. By the way, <laughs> they really, really did. They really did. That my that, kids love him. Love that escalated, him. That escalated quickly. You talk about <laughs> exhausting. That guy's exhausting. Then you're gonna taste the dough and knead it out. What are you liking the bread? Top three breads. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my number three. Number three. <laughs> uh, Italian bread. Nice loaf of Italian bread. That's it. Hold on. 
Italian bread from the neighborhood. A nice loaf of Italian bread. Seated. End of discussion. No, no, no. There's like five varieties. Talking Semolina? About Semolina? Knotted? Knotted. No, not the, the skinny one. With seeds or no? With seeds. Nice and warm? Nice and warm, nice. From Rosalie's in the neighborhood. I cut it into slices. I do like a little, uh, like my, my grandmother used to make tomato salad. Yeah. Like a nice tomato salad with the garlic and the oil and stuff like that. And then you, oh, you mop it up with mop the bread. Mop it up. Nice. Forget about wow. it. It's ridiculous. I used to, I used to, <laughs> that would be a meal right there. We'd give my grandmother and I'd get the loaf of bread. We'd take the tomato salad out. We'd just sit there and dip. So that's that's my number three bread. The other way, uh, the, the other thing I love to do with it, this is turning into fatso very quickly. <laughs> you ever suck the jelly out of a out of a jelly donut and fill it with Reese's peanut butter cups and then put it in the oven at three twenty five so the peanut butter and the chocolate <laughs> melts into the dough. Get the key, Junior. Uh, the other thing I used to love to do with it was, you know, you'd have meatballs in the fridge or whatever that my grandmother made the other day. You got a thing of, uh, of uh, gravy. You, you cut, you know, two, you know, the the small pieces or whatever. You cut a piece. Take the meatball, smush it down. Throw a little gravy on there. Grated cheese. Throw it in the micro for thirty seconds. Put the other top on. You got a little uh, meatball sandwich there. Oh, oh, forget it. Nice. Sixty, sixteen of those later. Right. <laughs> Bread is gone. And your tummy hurts, but you feel good. So there you go. There's my number three. Cal, number three, bread. Cal, number three, bread. Number three. Number three. Three. Challah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Challah bread. That's beautiful. Can eat the whole damn loaf at once. Challah. Do you uh, do you butter that or do you, do you eat it straight? No, I eat it straight. Because it's got a nice little sweet glaze on top. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's terrific. And then you wait a couple of days, you make some French toast with it. Oh, That's all we use it for over here. Right? We have, I, I have loaves <laughs> frozen in my stuff. freezer. We buy them in at the... Costco, and they just sit in the freezer waiting to become French toast. Yep. Excellent. Number bread. three. Number three. PJ, the bishop. Number three. <laughs> Pop culture. <laughs> uh, the um, the short, tight, heavily crusted baguette. Okay. You know All right. I, I, I know exactly I what you're talking about. I believe I do. And that and, is to be consumed in. Almost see-through slices, uh, lightly buttered. And if you have time, lightly toasted, then lightly buttered. But you have to cut it real time? thin or just rip it. How long does it take to, put, to make a piece of toast? <laughs> this is the kind of thing you sit it out on the cutting board, and as you're walking through the house, you go back in the room, cut a small slice, and then I, go I'm, on with your, your business. I'm running around. I don't have you time. Don't, yeah, you don't have time to stand and wait 45 seconds for toast. You're moving. That's the bread that if they ever film a scene in a movie or a television show where someone's gone shopping. There it is. 
there's always the French baguette sticking out right. of the bag. Sticking out of the bag. Yes, especially only, if they live in the city. If only they live two, in the city, they only buy baguettes. And they only buy two bags worth of food. Right. One for <laughs> each arm. In the city. Right. <laughs> All right. Very good. Calvi, number two, bread. Cal, number two, bread. And this time, Cal, I also want the celebrity who's commenting on your choice. Number two. Number two. Uh, zucchini bread. Oh. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that was illegal to do. We can... Uh, why not? Well, bread. <laughs> no, that's fine, man. <laughs> zucchini bread. Don't push your politics on me, man. <laughs> it's bread, all right. And your celebrity? Oh, the celebrity that's talking, talking about zucchini bread, Tommy Shaw, talking about zucchini bread. <laughs> Apparently, Dennis DeYoung wanted to make some kind of exotic zucchini bread a long time ago. He's like, really? Really? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to mess with zucchini bread now? Wow. With first the robot, now the bread? <laughs> first the robot. I wrote a show about talking vegetables, and all they want to do is be ma- baked into bread. Really? That's what we're doing? Yeah. The first really? song is called Mr. Pumpkin. Do you understand that I'm five foot two and a half, and if I were a vegetable costume on stage, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm five foot two, man. He actually storms off the set at that point. He rips when, his mic off and just, you know. When's the last time you saw a guy, you know, uh, women throw themselves at a guy wearing a vegetable costume on stage? When <laughs> did that happen? Zucchini bread, Gumby <laughs> Zucchini bread, you don't butter. No. Margarine. Wait a minute. Hold margarine. It. I was going to say just salt it. No, margarine. Well, you with the salt. I, I have a problem. Do you salt that coffee yet? <laughs> he margarine, please explain. On his aspirin. Margarine. Promise. Uh, Brummel and Brown. Your country crock. Country crock is also good. Margarine. The butter's too hard. Yeah, it's, you can't you can't spread it. It tears it apart. You could melt the butter, maybe. Right. I had to go James Dean apparently on that one. <laughs> it's tearing the zucchini bread apart. Uh, okay, Bishop Pop Culture PJ number three or number two and celebrity. I don't know if I can conjure celebrity. Um, I'll give you a celebrity. Uh, it's Kathy Griffin. It's Kathy Griffin. There you go. Okay. Will that will that affect your bread choice? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I remember now because like I had this with Roseanne and it was amazing. Uh, jalapeno cheese cornbread. Oh my god. Oh. You can make it yourself, but I buy it because I'm rich. Shut up. I'm not. I'm D-list. Shut up. <laughs> I was just gonna name drop again though. <laughs> Oops, I just dropped another name. Can you pick that up? Oh I just God. dropped another name. Jerry oh Seinfeld. I just dropped another name. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I don't even know. <laughs> Except I was hanging out with him last week. Can you pick that up? <laughs> yes. That that Tom Hanks, that's mine. I dropped it. <laughs> Jalapeno. Oh, I love everything you're doing here. Cornbread. What kind of cheese? Ooh. That's going to be a, a... Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's it's a deep orange Mexican queso. I do not know the name. We'll just call it queso. Yeah, it's just queso. <laughs> Simply cheese. And it's it's uh it's it doesn't 
come in a loaf. By me, it comes in a pie dish. Mm-hmm. So we're talking yes. about like three inches thick, uh-huh. eight inches around, pure heaven. It doesn't, I mean, you, you cut it and you lift it up, but it only holds its form for about two seconds. Yep. Uh. <laughs> and then it just crumbles away. And it's just, it's it's the best. You uh, you stole one of mine there. I was going to go cornbread because I have a new, a whole new thing with cornbread now because some of the folks in my family eat it with every meal, pretty much. I mean, they they make it they make it from scratch and they eat it with every meal. Um, and it is and they make it in pie dishes a lot too, Peach. Mm. And it is Manischewitz. It is good. It is really really good. Just so you cut it in half, put a little the pat of butter on there. Just a pat. A pat of butter. Let it melt in? Let it melt right in. Oh, man. But the jalapeno cheese that you're talking. <laughs> okay. By the way, that would have been Cheech Marin delivering that one. <laughs> Just gone with Cheech. And you got the cheese, man. <laughs> that, that Brady's off the hook. We also would have accepted Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia. <laughs> Who would have stolen his comments <laughs> from another no. from right. another commenter? Um, all right, Can't beat number two. Number two. I'm going with. Uh, I don't know. I have a problem here because I don't know what the bread is per se, but it's got olives in it. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm. You know from what I'm talking. Yes. It's a uh, like a Greek it, bread, right? It's like a Greek bread with like. Olives, like very Mediterranean. Yes, olives. Let's call it Mediterranean bread. I don't know what the the thickness is though. It's like a little thicker than. It's obviously not sliced bread. It's it's. I just had it the other day, and it is so good on a sandwich. So good. I know exactly what you're talking about. You do, right? You're with me. Cal's Cal's firing that. Oh, and my celebrity, by the way, is Frankie Munoz. Is it? I'd like is Malcolm in the Middle. Black olive or green olive? I've seen black. both, but I but I'm talking black olive. Wouldn't that have had to have been John Stamos? <laughs> Should have had a Greek Z- Zorba the Greek is my <laughs> Mia Vardalos. Mia Vardalos. <laughs> She's gonna make a movie where she plays a Greek girl who's completely out of sorts and meets an American. Like a fish out of water tail? A total fish out of water tail. She's going to do it a couple of times. And she might, might reference her Greek heritage. I'm not sure. We can't be sure. You you, you don't think she's going to have a judging Greek grandmother, do you? Olympia Dukakis available? (laughs) When isn't she? Okay, we're going to lose the live feed in like 90 seconds, but we still have everybody's top number one bread. So uh, definitely check out, the, <laughs> check out the podcast. <laughs> File that under things that have never been said. <laughs> we still have everyone's number one bread to get to. Talk about a teaser. <laughs> so definitely go to rtusports.com and uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, and check that out. Also, Blue Haven, www.bluehavennyc.com. Uh, definitely go there. The NCAA tournament's coming up. We're looking to do our next live remote. We're not sure when that's going to be. It might be the 21st. might be the 28th. We're not sure. Either two weeks from tonight or three weeks from tonight. Um, but definitely go there and check them out. Again, the tournament's coming up. Baseball is coming up. It's a great place to go. 
And uh, please subscribe to the podcast uh, at iTunes. Uh, special thanks to Stacy Gatsoulias from Wow, boy, I'm so nervous about that name. Uh, one of the co-editors in chief, of course, of the Yankee blog. It's all about the money, stupid. Uh, and, and that's at all. It's all about the money. Net. They do a great job over there. So check that out. And we will see you next week with the live stuff. Now, dun dun dun. On to first bread. Have we figured out the olive uh, bread yet? It's just it's just called Greek olive bread. Yeah, it's, uh, I have no problem with that. Very simple. That's what I'm going with. Do we call it Medit- Mediterranean black bread? olive bread? Oh, look, I'm getting pictures of it. Oh, doctor. Right? Kalamata olive bread. Yeah, we'll call it olive bread. There's an olive cheese bread here. I would probably adore that. Okay, so that's my number two. Do you like olives? Do you like like tapenade? I love it. Oh, I love it. Man, I love olives. Do you like puttanesque sauce? I like the puttanesque. Except there's, but there's alige in the puttanesque, no? There's hairy fish. Are there, uh, aren't there anchovies in a Punta Nesca? Punta Nesca. Definitely sounds like you're calling somebody a whore in Italian. <laughs> no, watch it. It's close. She's Abu Dan. You remember that one? You ordered you two that? distinctly different sauces, sir. <laughs> The first one can get you in a lot of trouble with your wife. <laughs> the second one just has olives in it. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time, boys. Number one. Bread. Bread. When we come back, when Behind the Music returns, Cal's got a bread problem, and PJ's eating too much bread. I never knew I could eat too much bread. <laughs> those were those were the whole. <laughs> the behind the music when the behind the music returns are probably my favorite TV teasers ever. They're always so good because right. they were always like. So it was like the Aerosmith one when behind the music returns. Steven Tyler has a problem, and Joe Perry's gay. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Can't that's not that's not even remotely accurate. You know how we make fun of, you know, like the the teaser for the news at night, you know, like is your school lunch killing your kids? You know? <laughs> I heard one on the radio yesterday and the teaser was could manicures give you cancer? No. Yeah, and apparently there are these gel manicures that they that they give that have these ultraviolet, you know, when they when they heat it, they use these ultraviolet <laughs> rays. I'm I'm dead serious about this. But Tuesday I almost at 11 to find out. Scared yet? I may have to tune in for that one. I think they got me. <laughs> they they got you with that one. They got you with the manicure one. As you both may have noticed, I have yes. awesome nails. Your fingers are a delight. Thank you. All right, number one bread, PJ. Number one. I've neglected my entire body, but not the nails. nails. But your nails are impeccable. The number one look- bread. As soon as you said we should talk about breads, this is what popped into my head, so it had to be my number one. Prosciutto bread. Oh. 
little cubes of ham, Evan ham, oh. Oh. swirled with some I, cheeses, usually, not always. What have you done to me Cracked here? Cracked black pepper swimming in the bread. Boy. And the crust is so thick, you could pull out a tooth <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> It's a bread that's impossible to overbake. You can bake it for an hour or three hours, and it still wow. comes out the same way because you make it with lard. Yeah, you it, do. It is amazing. You sure do make it with lard. That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh goodness! Number Not one, in that's, New York anymore. Can't, that's can't a, do that in New York. Magnificent number one. But okay, Cal. You, you can get lard bread. That's right. But you better not ask for it here. No. What do you got, Cal? Number one. Number one, Calvi. Ride Who is Joy Behar? Joy Behar, who quit The View. She up and quit The View today. Did you hear about this? Everybody slow down. Cal, Cal <laughs> take a breath. Travesty. Travesty. This is a, this is a, how did we not talk about this? She what now? She quit The View. On The View? I don't know if she just walked out. Wow. How are they going to find another loudmouth woman? <laughs> How will they ever find another loudmouth hack comedian? Wow. <laughs> yeah. She's been on it since the beginning, hasn't she? Yeah, she's an original. She's an original view. I have Lisa view. Lampinelli on line one. Oh, I have <laughs> Judy Gold on line two. I have Kathy Griffin on line three. They're going to be fine. <laughs> they're going to be fine over yeah, there. I think, I think they're going to figure it out. Judy Tenuta. <laughs> wow, Judy Oh, Tenuta. my God. Could you imagine an interview with Judy Tenuta? <laughs> so, you like doing stuff, right? <laughs> Tell us what that's like. <laughs> and she's wearing a grass skirt and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> you like doing stuff. <laughs> Am I shocking yet? <laughs> Let me get my accordion. <laughs> Look at me, I just spit. Right. I used to talk like this as a bit, but now it's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, rye bread. Rye bread from oh, the bakery. From the bakery. It. He did from it. Not not the beefsteak rye bread that you get in a half a loaf from the from the store. I'm talking about an entire oh, loaf. Although in a pinch, <laughs> I wouldn't know. Beefsteak rye. Oh, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. But number one is the one you get from the bakery, and it's warm, and you slice that baby up. Now are you going? Do you need sandwich there, or you just you straight I don't, out? I don't need sandwich. I put I put ham and Swiss on it. If I got some meats and cheeses laying around, you probably shouldn't eat the stuff that's been, meats and cheeses? Been, been laying around. It's laying around. Don't matter. If it's juicy, <laughs> you go to the Calvies, there's meats just just laying <laughs> out. Yeah, like hanging, like in a in a deli, short <laughs> salamis hanging right. from the ceiling. Was that ham. a house plant? You're drying your own sausage. All right. kinds of worst. <laughs> Everywhere you turn. <laughs> what is going on here? We're just curing our own meats. No big like deal. All walking around in like 
blood-stained white jackets. <laughs> very, very chilly in my house. It's very cold. My mother used to. This is no joke. My That's why you to, need the warm bread. She yeah, used to, she used to dry sausage in the garage in our garage. Really? My great grandmother owned a sausage store. Well, owned an Italian sausage store. So my my mother grew up in that house and learned how to make sausage when she was a little girl, and used to hang sausage and <laughs> we had sausage hanging in our garage, dried so, drying it out. Oh, it must be good. It was good. It was good. Hey, boys, I got a problem with my number one bread. What's your problem? Here's my problem. That olive bread I was thinking of was not the Greek one as much. It was focaccia with olives. Oh, that stuff's tremendous. So what's the problem? I wanted to go focaccia for my number one. Oh. Then I realized that that bread I'm thinking of is focaccia bread with olives. I see. So what's number one? So I'm leaving that at number two, focaccia with olives. This is very, this makes number one very hard. I'm not sure where to go. You could it could be a tie. No, I that's a cop out, and I will not cop out. Cop and love, a half. I was. Would, <laughs> <laughs> would you cop and a half? Burt Reynolds. <laughs> cop and a half. Burt Reynolds. Well, is an actor at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Burt Reynolds needs a movie. <laughs> uh, I, <clears throat> I'm going to go... This is a tie. It is. The focaccia with olives is a one. And I'm going to throw this out to you, boy. Sourdough, man. Oh, I totally I love forgot. sourdough bread. Mm. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I like the big round loaves. You know, and you cut the long slices. Yeah. Toast toast that up lightly. And then real butter. Right on there. The break stones, you know, salted. Uh, not the whipped butter. Not the whipped butter. The From the stick, the salted. Right. Not the unsalted. We're not baking here. Not right. Unsalted. Do you ever, you ever get unsalted by accident? I have to buy both. Oh, okay. Because Teresa uses the unsalted for, like, omelets and stuff like that for Wes. Right, but, like, if you are expecting to, you cut in, uh, into the oh, pat of butter and... It's a disaster. Like, disaster. What has happened here? It's an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, I was toasted. in Girardelli Square in San Francisco, and there's a bakery there, and they serve little individual-sized sourdough loaves. Oh, They're man. like little human heads. But then they, but then they hollow them out, and they serve their own chili. You can get a bread bowl. Whoa! Full oh, of, the bread full bowl. Of chili. Bread bowl. That's a whole other. Oh, and the you're, bread so bowl. So you're you're sitting on the wharf, and you're eating out of the bread bowl that was just baked, and it's amazing. And wow. then when you're done with your chili, you still got this amazing piece of bread. That's right. And you're just oh, there's yeah. look, there's nothing better. You we can do best in a bread bowl. My mother used to make a hollowed out uh, uh, pumpernickel. She would hollow it out, make a bowl, and put a uh, like a spinach dip in there. And then all the pieces of the pumpernickel become what you dip into the dip. Become the dip in. Oh man! And then Sour- just then you just eat the bread. You just- sourdough bread bowl with New England clam chowder. I I, I got to go with the chili because I'm not a chowder guy. Oh, okay. But you, I mean, you cannot 
Using bread as a bowl? Well done. I say good job, everybody. Probably shouldn't be done more often, though. It, it, it would be bad if we did that too often. No, it's a treat. It should be something special. You shouldn't be doing that three or four nights a week. That shouldn't become your china. <laughs> you serve all your meals. We got rid of all the dishes. We just everything's in a bread bowl. Just bread bowl. From here on out. <laughs> We're having some health issues. That could be a theme <laughs> restaurant, though. Everything in a bread also, bowl. Also, we've decided that everything must have at least <laughs> at least four slices of some sort of cheese in right. every <laughs> meal with the bread bowl. Macaroni and cheese in a bread bowl. Oh, oh God. Stop, stop right there. Lasagna. Trademark that. The carb double down. The carb double down. That's a carb all in, my friend. Get <laughs> <laughs> double down. That's going all in. All right, we got to wrap this show up. Uh, are we comfortable with our bread choices? Next week, Girl Scout cookies. I Absolutely. Mean, buckle up, sweetheart. I, wow, I got very aggressive there. I don't know, I'm not sure what. All right. Dick Boy, final unload. The album of the week is uh, not for everyone, but I invite you all to revisit White Snake's Slide It In. It's, uh, it's heavy metal, it's hair metal, it's pop rock. Yeah, I think it's... we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I cut me off. <laughs> um... World Baseball Classic. I've tried. I, I got nothing. I'm sorry. The World Baseball Classic is just not doing it for me. Nice try. I, I see what you're doing. I get it. It's not for me. Now, White Snake, uh, on the other hand. <laughs> and my final unload is uh, I was listening to uh, Hotel California, unfortunately, the other day. And um, there's the line in there. Uh, Tiffany Twisted. It's really weird to me that like you can't say those words together without ever without thinking of that song for eternity. If somebody says Tiffany Twisted, you will think of that song. And if you didn't before, you will now. That's it. He put it in the lexicon. You hear those two words together, you think of that song. I was taken aback at at the uh, sort of. Fantastic nature of that of that statement. He's almost good so enough go. to write the white thing. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Okay, David Coverdale does not just he does not work for everybody. All right. Oh baby, in the middle of the night. Thank you. Oh baby. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next week. Good night, boys. Good night. Good night. Good night.